0: Welcome back to the Aviation RC New Podcast. You found us. My name is Joe. And I'm Matt. We're here to be with you along your journey and to share our experiences in RC Aviation. If you have any questions, thoughts, or want to share a flight story, hit us up at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. Now, buckle in, let's take off.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, it's episode 33. We are with the 13th Squadron, uh, Jack and Steve Nizgoda. Um, so we're going to talk to you, talk to these guys about what they've been doing with Dollar Street Foam Board, which is some pretty awesome stuff. I've uh, They have a, a website and a whole plethora of designs that I want to talk to them about, not only what they've designed, but how they got there um, as a continuation of what we've been talking about which is uh you coming up with something on your own and making it fly so uh joe how's your week how's your
0: past couple weeks been um pretty busy honestly um but that's just going down that same old trail i say every time but um it's been okay last two weeks have been a little busy um I have, I did manage to get out and fly with my dad, like I talked about. We can talk about that in a okay. little bit. And yeah. then um not be able to do a whole lot hobby related, but okay. you know. Well we'll we'll talk about it in a
1: second. <clears throat> I would like to apologize for being rude, Steve and Jack. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> you know, how many th- we've done this what, thirty three times and I still get a little nervous. I don't know why.
2: I don't know if we can you seem you seem pretty rude. We gotta stop this right now then. All right, then. I guess we'll stop. Oh, boy. Just kidding.
1: No, I know. I appreciate it. Um, No, really, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. We're excited to talk to you about what you guys have been, um what you guys have, I guess, accomplished in the hobby, which in my mind has been immense in such a short time because I remember just kind of cruising around the FT forums, just sort of looking at what's going on, and then I'm like, Who's this guy? Holy cow. I've never seen him before. And he's dropping Master Series, you know, aircraft like it's hot. Holy cow. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, and with that, um, you know, I've just been kind of following what you guys have been up to. And, you know, every once in a while I kind of check out your website and go, oh, my gosh, they have so much stuff there. And you have mm-hmm. some of my favoriteest airplanes. I know that favoritist is not a word, but... Um, <laughs> well, why don't we? So, what we normally do is we we talk about what we've been doing in the hobby in the past couple weeks. Why don't we start with you guys? What have you guys been up to? I think the biggest thing for me the
3: past few weeks has just been school. Trying to find a nice balance of school and planes. But we um, say so we're actually a working top. on a, a build video right now for a plane that we haven't released plans yet for, which is that is a uh, Texan.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We've kind of, one guy, uh, Jared Rutenberger from um, working with Hangar C, we were just was yeah. sure. We were like, oh, we don't want to stop them from doing anything they're doing. So we we're trying to like, wait for them. So yeah. I think we're at the point now where we're all set. So
1: Good, yeah.
2: We'll probably be releasing that pretty soon. Uh, we just want to make sure it was okay with them first before we release it. So we didn't want to hurt them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're all part of the same community, right? Yeah. Um, what, what, so what size is your Texan? Because I just built the Hangar C's Texan. And I am yeah, now nice fine-tuning mount. it to get it to fly like stink. <laughs> uh, how, how big is yours? Because theirs, theirs is pretty big. I think mine's
3: at a 45-inch wingspan. Okay. Just on like the 1080 kV, twenty two eighteen.
1: mm Mm-hmm. Back size, so. Yeah, it's uh, roughly, it's a very similar size. It's a very uh, park-sized, park as it were.
2: We actually saw Jared at the uh, Warbirds weekend at Edgewater, and uh, <laughs> we compared the two. They were right next to each other, so we looked at them. So they're pretty yeah. close, same, same size, same look, almost you even fly almost the same.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they're the, they're the same craft, right? So yes. um, obviously you picked a very similar scale um, because you probably went, Hey, I want this to fly on a, what a 10 inch prop or, or whatever. And he said, okay. that. And when I'm doing my designs, that's kind of how I said, what, what prop am I going to work with? And then I, I work from there. Usually it's out of this, that is, But, uh, so you guys were, so you guys were at the, the warbird flying over there. Yeah. How was that?
3: Great. (laughs) So this is kind of like the forums in person, like at least like a small group instead of flight, flight fest, but it was just like great to see everyone in person, all the designs there.
1: Yeah. Uh, So was it a lot of people bringing their own custom designs or was it a lot of like flight test designs or, or stuff that you guys designed or, or, you know, like uh, other creators, so it was kind of 50 50. I mean, we were right next
3: to Josh Orchard with all of his beautiful balsa and oh, yeah. all stuff. So it was kind of like, we're almost like, almost only watching his stuff. But like,
4: mm-hmm.
3: it was like, a kind of a mix of everything there. So,
2: one of the reasons we went to that weekend show was to, we, we built a Helldiver. And um, that's the one yeah. we wanted to make for Josh Orchard because we kind of got to know him pretty well through a flight, flight fest a few years ago. And we mm-hmm. ended up being right next to him. And, you know, he's just a, just a, all around nice guy, you know. He just, oh yeah, everybody's so nice and gives his opinion on everything and always nice. But um yeah, we got to know him pretty well and he really liked the Hellcat we built. And uh he wanted to take that home with him. We're like, nope, sorry, you can't take that. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> no,
1: uh, no, but not we that knew one, that. But we can help you out in a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
2: we just we always knew that he liked the Hell Diver, so we're like, we're like Jack, we got to make the Hell Diver for mean, him. You he,
3: know he even asked us before. He's like, can you guys please just make me a Hell Diver? I mean, it'd be <laughs> amazing. Like we'll have to put in the list and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So
1: nice and make it happen. How, so how did that feel? Uh, you know, having somebody who you've obviously you've seen, he's pulled off some pretty amazing stuff over the years. Yeah, he, uh, he's okay. Remind, isn't he the one who put together like the, wh- what scale Bugatti was it? Yeah. I don't, uh, remember, I don't remember the scale, but
3: it was about, I think, like five and a half foot yeah i think it
2: was that was impressive beautiful yeah it was, yeah, was, it, it was let's top quality i don't mean to talk about, talk over you but um That's i mean good. let's be honest the guy everything the guy builds it's perfect it's amazing and if you if you ever see the stuff up close i don't know if you've seen him at flight fest or mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he'll show you the planes and they're just he'll show you the way he did the corsair and how the cockpit opens and all the details that went into it And how the, like joystick yeah. moves uh, i mean the throttle moves back and forth when you, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's amazing. So I mean, it's, it's nice to get to know the guy. I mean, he's always helpful. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of people like that at flight fest and like, there is. you know, the the edgewater over week, you know, and there, and it's just great to talk to people in general there. So
1: nice. Yeah. It's um, he's one of those people. That's a great ambassador for the hobby.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's always there to help no matter what. Awesome. And he makes some pretty good food too. I got to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah. No, I love to next I don't year, Joe. I guess pretty- you know what tent we're going to next week uh, next
0: year. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know, buddy. I I still enjoy camping next to Dave. Like, oh man, Dave was great. Yeah. I wouldn't want to leave him without a neighbor next year.
1: Oh, that's anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that, Steve. Come
0: cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, on. I was just I was didn't want to get off subject here, so I can tell more stories.
1: I know, right? Yeah, it's true. We could mm-hmm. probably talk about this forever. Uh, is there anything else that you did besides the Warbird fly-in? Were there any things you were working on? Um, like I, I, we always talk about like part part of what we've been working on on the workbench as well as what we've been going out to fly. Uh, anything on Thank, the workbench you can talk about? At the
3: time of the work, or at the time of the event, I actually had the the have on Comet and quadrant C four sixty done. I just didn't oh, want to yeah. bring it because they weren't like all painted and everything. So. That was on the workbench, even though it was done, but.
2: That was my favorite plane. I, I asked Which Jack one? and begged him to do the DH-88 Comet. Oh, yeah. That one it's is a... just all about class. I love that plane. It's just, it's a beautiful looking plane and it just flies great. And it's meant to fly fast. So it's not a slow flying plane. You know, you want to make sure it's flying fast.
1: It was it's something like it's going 15 miles an hour on the bench just looking at <laughs> yeah, it yeah uh, it looks fast yeah yeah if um if you if you don't know what we're talking about or you want to see what we're talking about go to 13thsquadron.com and they have a list of all the planes with beautiful photos i don't know who if you guys take the photos or if you have somebody who's a great photographer who loves you know uh, <laughs> he's pointing jack's pointing to his dad steve um steve those that's, are great photos that's me
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, they really do justice to the, the craft you guys put together.
2: Makes um, it look so a little nicer.
1: Is, yeah. Bring up the website and take a look as, as we talk. Um, cause I'm sure we'll touch on most of those. I think from memory, there's probably about a good 13,
3: 14 planes right there right now and they all have free plans and there's going to be more to come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's, Before we get too far down that rabbit hole, because, again, we could probably, well, I think we'll spend at least an hour talking about it. Um, Joe, (laughs) let's talk about what you've been up to, uh, because you had mentioned you were going to go with your, was a father to go fly? Yes. Yeah. So,
0: well, well, when we last spoke, uh, it was the night of the duck's maiden flight. which shouldn't have been a maiden, but I took off anyway. Um, Yeah. I have not fixed that yet. But uh, I did take my old Foggy and went to fly with my dad. And I was correct. The second day was, the day after I made the duck was a much worse day to fly. Okay. Um, was I think Hurricane Ida, I think it was, was passing out west of us at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was quite windy uh, that day, uh, even more so than the previous. And even when I was at work. I was walking around I was like, eh, it doesn't seem so windy. What in the world? Okay, cool. Dad and I were going to have a great time flying. And yeah. Got out there and, uh, like, I took the second transmitter so that we could, um, I could buddy box with him if he wanted to, but uh, it was windy enough. He said, son, just fly. We're here to have a good time. we to hang with you. And, and so I did. Um, and I got it balanced right, but it was just, you know how the foggy is, and how much drag that wind that wing generates. And uh, Steve, I know we were talking about the old foggy uh, before we hit the record button, and so some things to know about it uh, if you do decide to build one, because that upper wing is just there's no underside, it's all and under camber. There's a ton of drag that goes on, and so windy as that day was, uh, it, that top wing was serving more as a kite than anything. Uh, so it went nose up and it was everything i could do to get the nose to come back down and i flew it around for a while um and then set it down to give my nerves a break uh the fogey's a cheap easy built easy throwaway plane if you have to but even still my nerves are racked one because my old man's standing there and you know <laughs> first time he's gone flying with me and he's not even flying um but yeah, no I I put it on the ground, we took a few minutes chit chat and you know, he's like, "Well, get it back in here. Get it back in here." All right, well, let me reposition the battery cuz it wasn't flying the way I wanted to. So, kind of walking through how that worked. But the second time still, you know, nose high. So, it's just the wind. It is nasty dirty wind cuz it's wind close to the ground or, you know, it's crashing off the tops of trees coming into this open area we're at. But the wind was blowing so much, he was I think he knows that it happens, but these planes fly slower than the Balsa planes that he knew when he was much younger. Because uh, he told me some time ago he did actually get a chance to go out and fly a little bit uh, nice. when he was younger. Uh, but I don't think he had seen one fly pretty much in place. Uh, because the wind was blowing hard enough that day, <laughs> the I had it throttled back and it was just hanging out. I was more just flying it side to side uh (laughs) because the wind was and at one point the wind got going enough that the the plane was actually flying backwards Mm -hmm. um weirdest thing when you see it the first time but you know that's airspeed versus ground speed (laughs) that's right so Um, welcome
1: joe to slope soaring
0: uh, right we don't even have a place to go slope soar but
1: (laughs) (laughs) on a windy day Uh, bring out the old fogey and you got the same thing almost
0: that's right so the 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 end of that that ended as I was trying to bring it in again for another landing. Or I was trying to swing it around a lamp pole. Anyway, uh, the wind just got rough on it. I knew I was starting to lose it and I was awfully close to that, to a lamp pole that I didn't want to just smack directly into. Um, and it was heading for it. So right before it was heading into it, I kind of pulled throttle back, hoping the wind would pull it away enough, but I ended up smacking the tail into the, into the pole and it ripped it and kind of bent it around and uh-huh. pulled the rudder, the rudder cable loose. So it's fixable. If I had the hot glue, hot glue gun out there with me, I'd have hooked it up to the, uh, <laughs> the 200 watt inverter. I keep in the back of my car now Dang. that will drive a hot glue gun <laughs> it sure will, <laughs> and I'd have gotten it back in the air, but I, I rode it off as a good day with my dad. Nice. You
1: know, Joe, you're making me proud when you say, you know, if I had my blue glue gun, I just glue and tape and we'd be back in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of the nice things about the foam board planes. Um, well, good. Awesome. Is there anything else you've been working on or anything on a workbench? Not, nah,
0: so, No, not, not since last episode. No, to be honest. Okay. Fair enough. Now right. yeah, it looks like you've got quite a few things on your list.
1: <sighs> I don't know. I got inspired as usual through some, usually half Serious comments, a couple jabs, um, and a handful of you know projects I've just been working on. Uh, was like it Jesse I,
0: again? Was that? Was it Jesse again? Do I need to have words uh, with him?
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we. we everyone, so what happens is we end up getting start our conversations about midnight, and it goes south from there as we pull up outer zone and see what kind of wacky planes we can find on there. <laughs> we had to we had a contest on like who can find the weirdest plane and uh, he started typing in like random words and I'm like no you're doing it wrong you need to just type in two letters and see what comes up <laughs> put the thing on like show me a hundred of them and then just start scrolling and see what you can find anyway so we were doing some of that and uh, we found a couple of planes and one of them uh was really stupid simple it's called the i, I called the flying louver uh, because my idea of a flying washboard is something very different, but they call it a flying washboard. I guess is what the designer called it. it looks like a louvered door if you turn it on its side. Uh, put a motor on it and just let it in the air. Um, and it's tiny. It's like nine inches by maybe 15 inches. So it's a little like yard flyer. And I was like, this would be perfect for the cul-de-sac. Which, by the way, don't. There's nothing that's perfect for the cul-de-sac. I gotta quit doing that. I know. I really gotta. Um, but. Uh, so I built it and <laughs> designed it uh, at, a, at one lunch. I uh, cut it out that evening and started gluing it together. By the next morning, I had it ready to go. And so I tried to get it going. It was really wobbly. And I was not able to get it a uh, full successful flight. It did go airborne and it did come around and I had moderate control for a short while. But then I think something shifted weight-wise and I went downhill. So um, mm. I haven't repaired the bendito. I also got inspired to make a right flyer, but using the easy power pack. So those uh, 1020 motors with the little tiny tiny props and the, yeah. So, yeah, I built one and uh, I couldn't find the CG. It just, I couldn't get it to fly quite right. Hmm. It would nose up or it would nose down. But at no point would it just glide all the way across the yard.
0: I mean, how how big of a shift was it? Uh, in your how big of a shift of the CG was it to go from nose up to nose down? No, no. Like, it
1: the the seat the, the balance point was the same but all of the flights.
0: It, it just, just handled differently each time.
1: Yeah, and and I see I'm looking at Jack Oof. and Steve, and and Jack built one, uh, 50 inch, right? And then did you find something very similar?
3: Well, it didn't even get off the ground at all, so it's more of like the. The CG like the from the front view the CG was so low that like the, the props were so up high that whenever we try to throttle up it would just try and nose over, right? But, like throttle really fast on takeoff and then it just maybe maybe may have tumbled and rolled and broke. So
1: <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and it's a delicate structure all around. Like unless you're doing a cable stay stay deal where you actually have like uh, yarn or not yarn threads and sticks basically, because that'll keep it pretty rigid if you do it right. But if you're doing the foam board version like we were, I mean, there's no, I don't. What do I need that for? The thing's eighteen inches and weighs less than fifty grams. I don't, <laughs> I don't need any of that, right? Oh, uh, anyway, so I, I used half barbecue skewers to do some of the the landing struts and some of the pieces there, and that helped actually. It, it was actually, far, I nosed that thing in hard often, and it it <laughs> held yeah. up through some of that. So. I was pretty impressed. I'm gonna keep at it because it seems like there was a there's a lot of people who were kind of go, Oh, whoa, cool, you're doing that. Which I'm sure Jack, you got a lot of people reaching out going, Whoa, that's a cool looking plane. I how'd it fly, you know? Um
2: Yeah. Uh, you always tell that if it didn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it would have flown as a kite, but whenever you put the power into it, it just nosed right down into it because of the thrust yeah. angle of the it just nosed it
1: yeah and and I think I, I noticed something very similar, and I even twisted the motors because again, this thing's mounted on you know little little doohickey they're just tiny motors. so I just twisted them down so that they're roughly pointing more towards the CG, figuring if it is a thrust moment that's kind of you know turning it into the dirt. It's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe this might help and, and it just it didn't help. I mean there was no <laughs> magic spot. And and I was looking at some other designs that were successful, that are pretty much two um, bloody barren wings on top of each other with the Ford the flying I'll call it the the flying elevator and the the rear uh, box uh, rudder, um, and yeah I mean they're they're putting the battery way in the front you know and I think the CG is right in front of the front edge of the wing so. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep playing with it, and maybe I'll have success. Uh, I tried the T6 uh, Texan from uh, the Hangar C, and uh, I, I got it to fly it, and it flew pretty well. I noticed that I think my wing and elevator surfaces were a little cockeye. So it was, it was doing some weird things in the air, and I may not have enough weight in front. I might be, like, at the CG point. So it was a bit touchy. Uh I did mm-hmm. get it back in one piece and I will be putting uh putting it through the paces again uh shortly. But uh I again I got distracted and inspired. Um after, after you strap
0: maybe a couple ounces on the front of the nose, I presume?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to, right? Or a bigger battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think uh last but not least I was working on a design, I'll call them two secret designs. Um one oh. is uh, what I found was an a flying wing that has like a Zeppelin body on the bottom of it. I don't remember what it's called. Um, um, and it has the Prandtl D washout on it. And we were looking and okay. both of, both Jess and I were looking and going, oh, my God, that's actually like a 10 degree rotation, man. That's that's a Prandtl D wing right there. Okay. So I'm, I've been working at trying to make that uh, foam board version. And then, uh, and then there's another one I've been working at. So Jesse keeps posting pictures of when he goes to the field, and he's got his beautiful soaring sorcerer, and he has yet to fly it. So we haven't seen all the graceful footage that he keeps <laughs> promising. Um, so uh, after seeing a third picture where he has it in the field and looks beautiful, I'm like, you know, I could probably design that in foam board. Oh, because it's a balsa kit, and so I did, and I've been building it. Uh, it's a 92 inch wingspan, so it's, yeah,
0: 92. That's, a, that's nine feet,
1: ish. Yeah, that, that's a big uh, phone
0: plane. <laughs> yeah, that this, is just under eight. Yes, yeah, just under eight. Not, yeah. not quite nine.
1: Oh well, that's not big.
0: Enough. The noise in the background
1: is me moving planes around. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just under eight feet, or just under nine feet. Um, and so what I was thinking is using the, uh, what are the, the campfire skewers, the 36 yeah, inch the, long,
0: the big boys. Yeah. The big boys. And I figured yeah.
1: using those as reinforcement instead of something else. And th- this thing has kind of like a gull wing center section. Almost like All an right. A, I call it an A-frame kind of deal. And so I was le- thinking about like, how I need to reinforce that because during heavy G maneuvers, it's going to crack there, like guaranteed almost. So I decided to take landing gear and basically do a top and bottom of a doubled spar. And that is solid. A matter of fact, I have more flex in the wings and I just put four pounds on the center today. Uh, so basically the halfway point on the wings is where I supported it. And I put four pounds in the center to simulate like a two or three G turn. And cause it's, uh, uh, I think it's be about two pounds when it's done. So two G turn and it seemed to hold up okay. Uh, there's a little bit of flex, but I think it'll make it.
0: Um, you know what I need to do? What's that? Is teach you how to upload pictures to our website and then yeah. actually put them in. Because I don't know if you've been by since I did the duck, but I I did a page on the duck. We're just sticking the pictures in, but you, you'll talk about those things, and then it'd be great if we got them on the website so people can go and see what you're doing who maybe aren't. Looking at your YouTube videos. <laughs> okay, well, it's sort of a secret, Joe. Um, well, I guess that is true, but but after the fact.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, then then you'll show me after, and we'll do that. Okay. Um, because I've been taking pictures as I go because I want to make a an article or something like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, pilot training stuff. I've scheduled a bunch of things, but the uh, airplane has been. Uh, doing its annual mechanic review kind of stuff, and the big thing that came in is I have my uh, student pilot uh, license right here in my hand. So nice! It came in. I'm officially a student pilot. It's very nice. Well, congratulations! Oh, thank you. Well, it, the bigger congratulations is when I become a private pilot. That'll be a different animal. Yeah, baby steps. So yeah, exactly. But, but I've been scheduling time, so I've got about three three weeks worth of regularly scheduled uh, times to go out. So when it's done with its uh, upkeep uh, and maintenance scheduled, uh, scheduled maintenance, I'll be able to uh, go and fly it and continue on that journey. So and then you'll hear it when I get to it. Um, and oh, yeah. And then last thing was the Don Carnage uh, plane. One of the guys in the forum, Horseman 3381, uh, he's created a lot of interesting, I'll call it flight test style in the sense that they're kind of boxy, um, mm-hmm. but he ended up creating as part of the fantasy challenge, a counterpoint to the sea duck. And as you built the sea duck, and I've been staring at this triplane, the Don Karnage triplane forever, since I was a kid, yep. I was like, oh, I need to build that thing. And you gave me a perfect reason. So uh, over the last week or so, I pulled out the plans and I built a, the plane and I flew it. Or at least tried. Um, It based on what I was seeing from the build, um, it is. It needs a lot of speed to get going, and it's got a lot of torque because the wings are really short
0: and stubby. Yeah, and
1: stubby. So uh, it was an interesting. I tried to take it off, but he one of the design notes was get an eleven inch prop. Like get an 11 inch by five because the center section is like nine inch diameter. So there's not a whole lot of prop on the outside of that.
0: Right. Where it's like
1: an eight inch center. Um, so he's like, you'll, you'll notice a big difference in, in thrust and you need it to get this plane up and flying. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've noticed that too, even with the, um, uh, what is that seaplane that the sea angel, I think that the uh, flight test did. I put in a 10 inch prop and it was hitting the body. I put in an eight inch prop cause I had it and it was like tip stalling like every, every chance I could. And okay. every time it was tip stalling, it was because it was at the threshold of the stall thrust. It was a little bit more, but anytime I had to reduce it, it would, it would tip. So at the nine inch, which is what they recommend, once I finally got that prop, it flew
0: great. Funny how that works.
1: So, okay yeah, with any luck, you'll, you'll hear, uh, success with that. Uh, same with, uh, you'll hear me gushing about the T six Texan, um, as well as, uh, I've got, um, once these other ones are kind of tested, uh, I know one of the things I've been looking at and we'll talk about it, uh, is the P 61 black widow is one of my favorite planes. And, um, Jack, when you posted that, I was like, Oh my gosh, there it is. (laughs) Uh, and I've printed out the plans, and I'm gonna be get. I'm gonna start on that build uh, very shortly in the next week. I think that one. That one's a fun one because it's it's basically
3: actually pretty simple all around. It's just the the booms. I just you have to take your time on those.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, that that was your comment. Like roll them and then let them sit, and then roll them more and let them sit, and then if they're not quite enough, just roll them a little tighter. <laughs> and then leave them overnight. <laughs> And leave them overnight, and then with any luck, you'll be ready to build it. So I, I, I did see that, and I appreciate that because that's and that's a cool thing that like that's the tip that the guy who's never built one like you need to know. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. th- this plane needs this kind of tender love and care, and if you if you be patient, um, you'll be rewarded. So, um, As, um yeah, that was yeah, one I of his first major. Here and, oh, sorry no no go ahead go ahead
2: so that was one of his first major master build planes that he really went serious with and i kind of pushed him on that one too i know he liked it but i like that one a lot too and i'm like jack you got to make this one and of course when he made that I go i go this is my favorite one you've made and then i kind of yeah. say that after every one he makes but <laughs> it's like you know it, it just the p61 is just a classic plane you know i think i liked yeah. it when i used to watch baba black sheep back in the day and they used to have it on there every once in a while and i was like oh that's just a beautiful plane
1: yeah, there's something about it. I mean, some people think it's like weird and ugly looking. I'm like, I don't know. There's something about it that looks sleek and dangerous. That's what's beautiful about it. It's weird and ugly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we 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 uh, run in similar pack. If you notice, almost all the planes, I'm like, ooh, look at that plane. They're the weirdest, oddest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're my favorites.
0: Nice. What was that that octagon, high uh, honeycomb shape, oh, the hexy wing thing? The hexi? Yeah. It's okay. it's
1: like three hexagons with little winglets and a big hexagon, like a hexagon on the back for a tail, tilted just so. Uh, I never <laughs> did find that magic spot. To I, I need to get back. I actually pulled it out to the other day, and I was like, I'm going to toss this. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should just double-check the servos work and try it again. Yeah, Maybe make it bigger. <laughs> anyway, um, so if you're listening uh, and you attended the build night, Uh, this past Friday. Awesome. Uh, I hope you had fun. I know we always do. Um, So uh, if somehow you're Jack or Steve, we're doing a build night at the end of the week. And we basically just get online here in the discord and one of these video channels and we just build together and chat and goof off. Mm
2: -hmm. It can be fun if I if I built but Jack builds.
1: (laughs) That's okay. Um, But I mean, do you talk uh, aviation? Do you talk? uh, Yes, I love aviation. (laughs) <laughs> well, then you're that's why you'd be that's it, uh, you'd be in pleasant company, yeah, because uh, yeah. that's pretty much what we do. I mean, some, some nights I don't build, I just talk about whatever's going on, you know, with this stuff. So, um, if you guys want to do a themed build night where we pick a plane and we just you know, uh, pick it out like a month out and we'll let you know, and then we just get together that night and build a specific plane, like for example, something easy and fun and flies well like a like the bloody wonder or bloody baron or something like that like you know uh reach out to us let us know same, yeah, you guys you guys same.
0: being the listeners yeah little oh. listeners i'm sorry
1: well you <laughs> guys too steve, Jack and Jack, and steve. Of course,
0: but. <laughs> if y'all want to come and build with us come home yeah i'm so you, what want, was that, you Jack? want to build the p61 for a build night or
1: <laughs> i would love Ooh, to bloody
0: i just looked at the pictures of that though uh, I know. I, I see what Jack was saying about curl it, curl it, curl it. That's <laughs> bloody.
3: I, I think it goes to about as tight as a the diameter of a penny in the back. Wow, uh, it, for reference, how how small it is. So
0: nice. I just, I don't even know how you curl it
1: that hard, man. Like uh, you shave off the foam at the back and keep curling. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, sh- shaving it makes a big difference. I've I've built a. Um, Now I can't think of the name of the darn plane, but it had a cone at at the back. And even the Don carnage plane does the same thing, because it's basically like a a cylinder and a cone. And then the back of the cone, where where it's coming together at a point, you shave off the foam on the back so that it can curl. Otherwise, you won't have room. Um, Okay. Well, uh, let's talk really quick about the nemesis of the Mustang, one of the nemesis of the Mustang. And then we will get into our conversation with Jack and Steve, and I appreciate you guys holding tight with us here. Um, as I understand, you guys actually have some information that you can share with our listeners about uh, some of the maneuvers uh, that the Americans used against the Zeros to to beat this incredibly agile and dangerous plane. Um
2: which one do you
1: want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, l- well, let me go through some of the specs, and then I would like the, the two you shared with me earlier. Um, those two methods, at which the, um, I guess the Axis uh, or the Allies uh, worked at basically taking out the zeros, because they were they were a very dangerous plane. Um, there are about a thousand of these guys built. It's basically the Japanese Mitsubishi A six M zero. Um, if you want plans, you can actually download the ones that uh, Jack and Steve have put together, um, and we'll have a link there. Um, and there's a Balsa one in Outer Zone. Uh, if, you, if you just look up Zero in Outer Zone, you'll there you you you'll be tripping over them. There's so many of those in there. It's a popular plane. Um, so if you want to know where uh, it got its name, um. Uh, The zero got its name from, it was the uh, uh, centennial year of the year of the emperor. So I believe it was the 2600th year of the emperor um, or of the empire. And so as it was a centennial year, they they labeled it the zero. Uh, It was basically a a commemorative plane, as it were. Hmm. Um, And that's what it ended up getting called.
0: Uh, You had said... Uh, there were about a thousand of them built. Oh, did you mean eleven thousand?
1: Correct.
2: Okay, eleven thousand. Right. They would have ran out of them pretty quickly if there was only a thousand of them.
0: I know, right? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. That, would made,
2: that would have made the war a little shorter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Just a little bit. We did it.
1: It's already done. <laughs> nice. Um, it was a thirty-six foot wingspan and uh thirty, uh thirty foot in length. It was armed with a handful of uh, 7.7 millimeter uh, Type 97 cannons. They had like 500 rounds. And then there were a couple 20 millimeter cannons, which that's you know, almost three times the size. And they had only 60 rounds, but they were obviously more potent. Um, it could carry uh, up to, believe, two 130-pound um, bombs. Or maybe, let me just double check. Uh, and then they had uh, capacity for uh, like a 500 pound bomb, actually 550, because when you convert kilograms, it's it's actually 250 kilogram, which is much nicer and rounder, uh, which ends up being 550 pound bomb. Um, let me just see, because it, it it could carry a number of of bombs. I'm, I I thought I had that right. No, it's two. It was
0: 230-pound bombs. Okay. I wonder what the limitation on that was, because if it's two 130-pounders, that was a total of 260 pounds, but then it could also carry it, a single 550. So was it a hard point issue? Uh, it may be. Um,
1: I I was not able to really tell too much of the difference. Um, maybe it's because I, I only went through a, a couple bits of background information, so... Okay. Um, it was not, I, admittedly, I did not have a time to get through as extensive a research as I did with the Mustang. Um, hey, that's well, fair. Uh, so it, it goes uh, 200 miles an hour, top speed, um, which I'm trying to remember what the Mustang top speed was. I could probably pull that up from before. But, okay, before um, you go ahead. Uh, and its ceiling was 3,300 feet. And its range was actually pretty small in comparison to some of the fighters that that we were using but then again uh, the missions didn't probably require that they travel a long distance they just needed to get up into the air and defend so well,
0: it looks like uh the p-51 mustang at some point capped out at 437 miles per hour yeah uh, when they have
1: the turbo turbocharged to double turbocharged
0: Is yeah really... i'd have to go back through and see yeah, you know, what it's what its speeds were for each of its engines, but.
1: Okay. So, um, well, one of the things that this plane was excellent at is it was basically almost an acrobatic plane. So it was incredibly agile, which makes it really hard to pin down. Um, and so it, it didn't need to initially go fast. Again, it was really just trying to get up to intercept and, um, you know, kind of get up there and get rid of some of the,
0: some of the incoming, right? Um, right and if you're that that if you are that agile you don't need the speed because anything coming at you you just zig to the side and they've done flown right past you yeah more or less
1: um, Now, uh, Jack you guys were talking about some of the maneuvers yes uh, there's two main ones
3: at least the one I know about but the one of the big one that Americans use a lot for all the planes is uh, boom and zoom they fly well above the target or at least where they think the target would be and dive down on them shoot them, try and get them in that swoop, fly right back up. Uh, the Axis planes would follow them, and they would stall out, and then they just the Americans would fall down again onto them, shoot them, do the same thing over and over, hoping that at least in every single swoop they would take out the Axis plane.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the other one was, um, I forgot which pilot was named after. I don't know if it was Joe Foss or Butch O'Hare, but it was the hatch the th- hatch move where the, you'd have two you know, F-4s Flying next to each other, and they'd go back and forth, crisscross each other back and forth. Back and you know that's so they would fly through, and then the, the zero would chase them, let one go ahead of them a little bit more, and, and then until the other one would chase it. And then when you cross over, they'd get in the gun sight and just shoot the guy behind, trailing the other, you know, F right, four. Right, because the zero had to follow one of them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, I'd hate to be the F four that's getting chased, you know, by the zero. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan, and they shot the plenty of zeros down like that too so
0: yeah i wonder what the uh what the uh kill ratio on the zeros were like were they highly accurate or were they just scary because they were so nimble i don't know that one and the only problem with the
3: zero is like the second it got shot it was almost basically down they almost had no armor armory or anything like that
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah they were incredibly light
3: I don't even think they had self-sealing fuel tanks.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was one of those like, oh, we need to get enough planes to be built done up and, and going. And, oh, yeah. You know, like, I mean,
2: they were great planes, but yeah. we just got the technology out. When we when the F-6 came, they were done. F-6 could outfly them. They could go higher yeah. ceiling rate, and they'd, they'd climb, and they'd think they'd be able to climb up after them. And they would stall out before the F six would be able to keep climbing. The F six would just turn around and get them when they're diving down and just shoot them out of the sky again. F six still couldn't outturn them or anything
3: like that, but right the power of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that kind of gets to a testament of, you know, what is it that's going to win a battle, right? Oh yeah. Um, ag- agility or, you know, outperformance, and and in the German, uh, theater. It seemed to be it was just whoever has a little bit more power is going to make it because it was a tight battle. Um, And this was just a different kind of thing altogether where the Germans were invading and the Americans were assisting in stopping that invasion and kind of reversing it. It, You know, it seemed like it was almost the opposite in the Pacific Theater. I'm sure that there will be people out there going, no, you're all wrong. You don't know nothing. They're probably right. (laughs) so before I put my foot deeper in my mouth, let's move on to the next topic.
0: (laughs) Let's just close that history book right quick. And hopefully, uh,
1: hopefully take, take a look at the zero. Um, It's an iconic plane. It's an iconic plane for the Japanese forces and for world war II as a whole. Um, It, it was one of those planes that gave America run for the money uh, for a while. And again, like all things in the war, whoever gets the next technology jump tends to move it along. Um, but go go investigate it on your own um, and build one. Pick, pick if you're a foam board builder like uh, myself. Um, 13th Squadron has an amazing one. And, you know, you just kind of look around. There's a bunch of different versions of it. If you know, pick a size you like, I'm sure somebody's put together a design. Uh, Jack, how big is the one that you guys put together? It looks like it's like a mighty mini size, right? Say it runs
3: off of an F pack kind of size or a six inch prop, but it's a 30 inch wingspan. So, okay,
1: yeah, a little park flyer. Um, so, uh, 2204, 2300 kV quad, quad motor basically awesome, cool. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah, I, I think it is. I, I remember looking at it earlier and thinking that's about where it's at. Uh, definitely know that that's the wingspan and that's that's a power pack that'll get it there. Well, good. All right, so without further ado, let's. Um, let's officially introduce uh, the 13th Squadron. Let's introduce Steve and Jack Nizgoda. Welcome aboard, guys. Hello. Say Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm Jack. I'm the designer and builder of 13th Squadron. And I'm Steve. I'm just uh, the guy that tells him he's doing something wrong, and then he corrects me and tells me it's right later. And, and then when he's done, I'll just paint it up and make it look nice.
1: <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> okay. All right, now, are you guys related, or are you just buddies? Oh, same <laughs> way he's my son okay so, so we're, yeah we're a father and son team yeah so. okay good I, I mean I knew that I just wanted our yeah. listeners to understand it before we get to gotcha. into this um which is awesome and honestly you know uh, that's part of what I love about this hobby is it's really um, it's pretty easy to to get others involved like Joe you you're, you're getting your dad involved and realizing like oh no he's actually he's done this before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not expecting him to do a ton of flying. No. I'm just hoping maybe periodically I can hand him the other transmitter and let him let him fly sometimes. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. But, no, but it, anyway. I mean, it's great that, that father and sons, and this is sort of what, some of what I've seen in uh, flight tests, but also uh, having gone to Flight Fest, like I saw a lot of parents and children um, mm-hmm. of various age groups. And so seeing you two doing this together, is good, it's an inspiration. Nice. I kind of learned it from
2: my dad. My dad, he was flying RC planes since he was a little kid, you know, and he ended up being an engineer at NASA. You know, he's basically a rocket scientist and he was sending stuff up in a space shuttle and then he got me interested in airplanes as a little kid myself. So I never, like I, I think I told you before, but I don't really fly, but I've always loved aeronautics yeah. and airplanes because of my dad. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know now I've, I've always gone to air shows and stuff and then when Jack started getting older he's gotten really into it more than I thought he ever would obviously because amazing mm-hmm. stuff with it but it's nice to have a whole father son thing you know going on with him too with the aeronautics so it's kind of passed on through the generations and my, my dad still looks, checks out what Jack's doing and he's amazed by it and my father-in-law mm-hmm. also he, he loves what Jack's doing he's always raving about him so it's it's just a nice nice hobby to have and it's just so fun to know just react with your parents and it's easy easy to do it's just nice bonding to do with your parents and family every
3: generation can like it
2: yeah
1: yeah grandparents parents kids so yeah awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's i guess that's part of what i'm excited about it Um, my kids have not shown much interest um but i know it's something that's in their lives and uh, You know, it's one of those things. They may come around to it, and they may not. I know I'm enjoying it, and with any luck, it'll kind of. It,
2: it's you know, funny because I I do have another son, and <laughs> it's funny, but he's he's not interested in the flying and stuff at all. But you know, he he likes it a little bit, but he does it. He's not involved as Jack is, you
1: know. Right. Well, then you know, I'm as as each kid is a very different person. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we all kind of realize we're like, whoa, those all the all the things I figured out with this guy. I can't <laughs> apply to anybody else. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but no, but that's good. Cause then, I mean, you've got this bonding, this thing you can do with Jack. And obviously I'm sure you have something very different, Jack, that you're just like, I don't want to do any of that. So if you guys go, you <laughs> guys go do that. You want to skip rocks? Go, you guys go. Or <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, we hear kind of how you guys, uh, j- so Jack, what got you in the hobby? It was kind of awesome. I, my my, my grandpa, who was a part
3: of NASA and everything, it was like, kind of just like mm-hmm. I've always been surrounded by the aviation kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a real flight, I think it's like five at his house, and like every Christmas or Easter we'd go over there and just kind of, I'd be like, oh, can you set up the simulator, Grandpa? And I was just like, yeah. sure, yeah, kind of thing. Even the thing was yeah. at the time, it was just kind of like a video game, basically, for me at that point. Right. But then kind of always surrounded by that. Then um I was just like looking at the web and like got into RC cars, and then a boat. And then the drones, the drones is kind of where I like at the uh, aviation kind of aspect. Cause I looked, found flight test. sounds I was like, wait, I can plane or foam board or cheap and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was just like, great. that was probably
1: the biggest stepping stone, I guess. <laughs> All of a sudden, like the door opens wide and you go, wait, I can do almost anything I can dream up.
0: <laughs> wide <Yeah>. open. So, <laughs> so the flight, the flight test planes, I assume that were. Your first flying experience. Which one was your first of those? Like, what was the first plane you built and flew?
3: The Nerd Nick slash Flight Test Mig Three. Oh wow! I did for a Nerd Nick out (laughs) the (laughs) gate. It's sort of the first maiden was at a a park right next to the highway, and I had a four cell. It was like a setup to go ninety miles an hour. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) But like, I only had like the simulators on my phone that I can really get a good grasp of. So it was like. And obviously, I was shaking so much at the launch. Like, yeah. I took off and immediately turned because of the torque, and then like may have almost hit a fence. So,
2: <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> funny. I have a, we have a video of it just taking off, and it's like I got my GoPro set up behind him, and he just it takes off real quick, and that like I said, the torque just turns to the left right away, and he yeah. just yeah. barely misses this fence, and it, it flies up over it, and then it he just tries to get a really hard time to get it stable again, and then he just small gets it to fly down slow and it just barely just bumped its nose into the fence. And he's like, he just looked at me. he was like all disappointed. <laughs> he was like, but it, it was fine after that. We got it flying back up again.
0: Dude, well, There is I've, no need to be disappointed about that. If you may, if that was your first airplane, really, you know, and you had not simulator aside, cause Hey, I, I, I kind of walked into this whole situation with simulator experience, thinking mm-hmm. that was going to be, you know, enough. And it wasn't. So the simple fact you took a plane off, flew it, crazy though it may have been, but got it back on the ground in one piece with no damage, and it tapped the fence. You're good, bud. After that, I put a three-cell in it instead of a four-cell, and then flew it.
2: <laughs> <And you're like, laughs> Make oh, it a little so easier for gonna... you. Now, I, I do have to say, he did fly, he had a little foamy Mustang. I don't know, what was it?
3: It was the Park Zone Max Mustang.
1: Oh yeah, little guys. That's the one of the but first ones he flew. I on.
3: still, I, at that one, I didn't know what ailerons were, so <laughs> I tried. to, t- I was thinking that the the rudder was still on the right side, or a remote two or whatever. But then um, I may have tried to take it off, and immediately just barreled over straight into the ground, broke the motor shaft. Nope. And, what? Why are we? <laughs> why are you spend this much money? You
0: can't fly it.
1: <laughs> so, oh,
0: no, but I thought I could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like mm-hmm. I, I thought. I
1: thought we had this. Dang, <laughs> that's all right.
0: Who knew it was
1: four channel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the other channel does. Nice. Um, okay, so you guys were talking about being able to go up to, um, Edgewater. Up, up to Edgewater Park. Where did that? So that must mean either you took a special trip or you're pretty close. Uh, where do you guys live, or what area of the country? Yeah, we're from Cleveland, Ohio, but um, we're probably nice. about
2: an hour and a half-ish away from uh, yeah. Edgewater. So, okay nice that's it's nice It's a nice place to go and fly whenever you need to if you got some time to go it's you spend a day out there and fly and it's it's close and it's a beautiful place to fly so
1: yeah joe what was it 10 hours
0: i mean yeah and well i guess we were right down straight from edgewater you said yeah it's it's right next to where
1: flight fest is held yeah um, okay
0: <laughs> yeah so we yeah, can let's just go up there for a day of flying you can camp there
1: yeah. We, and I know, I know we will at some point. Um, I think I need to get my boys on board before I can uh, really make an event of it. I think Yeah, I'm working on it. Um, well, cool. Okay. So we learned about you guys. Um, Steve, you, you are the one who, so what do you do? You said you don't fly. You just sort of put it together. What is it? Do you just build them? No, I don't,
2: I don't build them. I, I just, uh, I'm a person that Jack looks at for an opinion every once in a while. I like, he'll build it. He'll start building, you know, and I like, oh, eh, that doesn't look right. And he'll say, shut up, dad. <laughs> but <and> then, uh, <laughs> then maybe he'll come back and look at you and say, no, maybe you're right. And then, um, but I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm basically, I'm a graphic artist and I, I really okay. pay attention to detail and I've always liked scale. I always told my dad to build like a a scale plane and I'll paint it up for him, make it look really nice, but he never did. So, but now I've got Jack building all these planes. I'm like, great. I can like put some scale detail into them as well. So I always liked the painting part and the, the looks of what the plane looks like. So I've always liked that part of it. And, um, I mean, I, I like all kinds of airplane stuff. I mean, I like like photography. I like the photography of it. I like a whole bunch of stuff. I, I just always liked airplanes since I was a kid. I just, I just can't fly them.
1: (laughs) Right, right. You know, and I I do,
2: I do enjoy watching Jack do the building. So I kind of know how to do the building, but I don't. Sure, you haven't,
1: you haven't done it. Um, Okay, so do you help Jack make the plans then? Or is it just Um, making the final product look, look really awesome? He draws them up. Okay. You know, I'll
2: be, okay, for the first, first plane, he, did for flight fest the first one we ever did there was a uh, stuka mm-hmm. that was back in 2018 i think it was yeah and i i did draw those plans up and okay. um but it was more of me telling them what
3: to do and yeah me being frustrated that i didn't do it the exact way i want but it, it worked
1: <laughs> go over
0: no a little bit further <laughs> yeah. no that's not right,
2: <laughs> so,
1: right but, you
0: know what from now on i'll do it myself
2: yeah so it, it kind of generated more to over to Jack after that plane. So I mean, if he wants to tell, the, he could tell the story. See,
0: I actually <laughs> yeah. watched
2: Nerd Nicks. I believe it was
3: like five or six part series on how to design foam board airplanes. That's kind of gave me a good basis for Adobe Illustrator as itself and just how to go about designing the planes and all the pieces and stuff. So, so
2: okay. I being an artist, I I work with Adobe Illustrator all the time, so I I know how to use that program, and then. Um, okay. So I'd show Jack a few things here and there, and then, of course, kids these days, they all go on the internet and find out all the tips and tricks and stuff, which I could teach him too. So if he did have any problems, I'd help him out with a few things here and there. But, you know, within a week or two, he was already building and designing his own plans. So I, I was happy with that because that, that takes a lot of time, and to have him just yeah. go there and do it on his own was great. You know, took a lot of time off my hand, and with him being home sometimes and I was at work, it that saved me a lot of time from working on that. So he started yeah. doing it on his own he I and mean, he's been doing it ever since.
1: Yeah. Very good. Um, so Jack, I guess that, that means that you, so you start with a plan or you start with a plane. What what causes you to select a plane that you want to make? I'd say uh, after about, I guess that's the beginning, right? So you had to say after about a month of trying to figure out, well, this, this is like, as
3: I'm designing another plane, I'll be figuring out for a month which one I should do next and then deciding that one wasn't the right one and then go back and see. But I mean, I more look for like right now, it's at least in the beginning, it was more of planes I just really wanted to do at first, like the P 47 and the C 47, just because they're so. I mean, at that time it was all curves and it was just new. But um, I kind of tend to favor the planes that are like not known, but still very well known. Like the P 61, it's very well known, but it's like not seen. They usually more think of a P 38 first when I think of twin
1: boom kind of thing. So. Yeah, uh, there are not many RC models of that plane. Like, looking around commercially available, like if you want to go get a P61, good luck finding it. I haven't seen one on E-Flight or or Power. I'm blanking on all the names of the different hobby companies, but, you know, I haven't seen too many. There's not many.
3: (laughs) Yeah. that's, That's the basis of where I get my inspiration for each plane from. But, I mean, like, my grandpa, he really loves the F-35 and tell me all these facts about it and stuff like that. So I'm really trying to push this F-35 once I get one of my next planes done.
0: Because then he wants to see it, so. hmm You said an F-35? Mm-hmm. Could have a s- nice. yeah, when-
3: 70 millimeter with a 6-cell,
0: so. Okay, yeah, when you, when you get that wrapped up or finished up, certainly, <laughs> we, we'll be keeping an eye out for it.
3: I'm going to try and make that one like the most scale I've ever done ever. Should have a cockpit afterburner, um, all the little paint details, but that's not my problem. That's my dad's job, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have have you considered putting LEDs in the cockpit?
3: Yes, I just don't know how to do those.
1: I'll try and figure it out, so. Right. Yeah, I've I've been kind of trying to figure some of that stuff out myself. I was hoping you guys have some tips. (laughs)
2: <laughs> go on the forums, um, you'll find them somewhere
1: I know, there there is And there's a bunch of people who like, apparently They live, eat, breathe, and sleep LEDs They just know, oh, they yeah. just inherently go Oh, you just do this I'm like, that's easy for you to say Yeah You know um, So how how often So y- how long is your build process? Like you, you start with an idea And you start I guess what, putting it in an Illustrator and what do you start with? Yes, yeah, so I usually start with a, a three view from like the web,
3: just like a standard front, uh, side, and top view, which then right. you have all the angles of the planes that you really generally need. Um, I'd try to look for one that has a formers on it or like cross sections. But you don't need those for some of them, but um, it just depends on the plane. And then from there, I'll just put in the Illustrator file. And then um, mm-hmm. the, the easiest way to make the... Master Series style is kind of make like a connect the dots kind of image. Like you'll take a horizontal lines across the fuselage and like okay. see where you want the seams to be. And then from okay. there, it's like just adjusting those lines. Usually I draw a center line first down so, the middle of the plane. So that way they're the, there's like equal space on both sides of the line.
1: Okay. And then from there, then it's so just that's like looking at the cross section, there's a center line. Yeah. And then you have a, a longitudinal line going from the nose to tail. And you mm-hmm. you slice that at where at what uh common breakpoints in the curves or I think for mine it's just like the
3: tops of the fuselage, like the side of the fuselage. <laughs> okay. So it's basically it's like from these lines you'll get the height and width of all the formers. And you can add as many lines as you want to like see how many seams you want or just how frustrating it'll be making all the
2: pieces in the end really. <laughs> but I got you. The the less seams, the better for, for starting out, I'd say, but, but you want to pay attention to how many, like the characteristics in the silhouette of what the plane's going to look like when it's flying by. So you can put as many seams as there as you want, but the less you can do the better. And plus it's easier build if you do less seams.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you, so you cut the formers. Uh, Along, basically, along the length of the fuse, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you you make those after you've kind of figured out how how many facets you want to put on that thing.
2: Um yes. Yeah. Well, before you say then, any more, those formers are going to be put on a box frame in the middle.
1: Okay. So, you so have those, I was the wondering
2: place, the place to put those formers. I
1: was wondering if you make like a little plus in the center and you, you literally make a, like a plus that goes the length, and then you put the formers on that plus, or do you do a box? And I was wondering, you know, obviously you would do a box. I'll say later um, in my builds, or le- recent ones, I've done more of like a T kind of style, mm-hmm.
3: just to get like basically just an I-beam just without the top part of the I, I guess, so it's a T, but okay. um, I mean, unfortunately the, the, the seam lines is almost just basically the start of the build because like the seams just kind of let you know like, where it's going to line up on the plane. But then, if you have the wings, it's like, do you want to have the seam go on the wings? It might make it a little more difficult doing that. Because mm. I use, like, the Betty Bomber has one piece stretching from the front of the wing all the way to the back and even more. So that way you mm-hmm. don't have to, like, add the complex curves going around the wing. So.
2: Okay, then, right. Something to think about, too, is when you're building or designing it, usually the front end section from the front nose to past the canopy or something, usually you have a box frame in there. And then past that, a lot of people I see on the forums, they keep building the box frame way back to the tail section. You want to try to avoid that if you can. You want to keep as much weight off the back section as you can. It doesn't take, you don't need much strength past, you know, the wing. If you can build, like, a tube of some sort to go back, that takes a lot of weight off the back end. and um, Okay. So that helps out a lot.
1: okay. Okay. So I see, so what you're saying is uh, build the tube up to basically the, the tall point of the wing, the box core, and then from the box, from that point forward, you either just, I guess, let the skin and the formers just sort of create the rest of the plane and keep it really lightweight, or you put, put a, put just a, a, literally a profile to just kind of keep it aligned and keep it distanced from itself. Before you put the skin on, but it's much lighter because you're not doing four sheets of foam. You got just Correct. the one, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. like,
2: so one of the build videos. One of the build videos coming up is the AT6 Tex in there, and you'll see in the video he's got like a T section in the back, and it so you you kind of build the whole back section off of that T section, and it, so it doesn't have much weight, and it kind of just forms around that T section and the formers around it, and it's mm-hmm. going of slide into it. Because for repeatability reasons, you need to have you can't keep building that box frame back there and then trying to build the skins going around it. Because it, all those skins have to match up perfectly if you do a box frame. This way, yeah. if you build it separately in the back, you can just slide it in the back, and you won't have to worry about repeatability. It'll repeat easily. It'll look great, and you won't have to worry about things not repeating correctly if you do a formers yeah. in the back. It's it's really kind of hard to explain on a on a video here or <laughs> on a audio.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, I I see what you're saying is you just, um, by having that alignment piece, basically it allows anybody to take what you've done and reproduce as well as you just, I went, I need another one. So let me just quick build it. Um, it allows you to not have to worry so much about keeping the rotation on your formers. Correct. They don't Mm -hmm. have to perfectly align because that, that core T or the box is what's keeping them aligned already, mm-hmm. and it makes it simple and easy.
3: Yes. Say <clears throat> so then the nice thing about that is once you're done with the, when done with actually making the back skin piece, you mm-hmm. can just go ahead and chop off that T. And the as long as your molded piece is right, make sure that's right first. Um, <laughs> you can just chop chop off that T, and it'll save even more weight in the back. So,
1: oh, nice. Uh, mostly, you guys were talking about uh, uh, having the former and the box, uh, having the <clears throat> Strong core only up to basically where the CG is ish, and then always keeping it to uh, we'll call it a bare minimum on the back half. Um, yeah, I mean, which which is go ahead.
2: I was gonna say, I think the box goes a little bit further back, like maybe to the back of the wing, but not Mm -hmm. past the center of gravity. But once you get past there, you want to kind of stop building the box there. You know how yeah. to make it as light as you can from the back section on.
1: Right. Having to be either a profile or a T to just. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or even nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I, was, I was saying while we took the break there, I was telling Jack, I said the Betty bomber that we made, that thing has no support in the back there. All it is is formers holding that on and yeah. just glue. So what's, all. so
1: what's What size is the Betty bomber? What, what kind of wingspan?
3: Five inch wingspan.
1: Okay. So it's, it's a like a ten inch prop size, six inch prop size. Yeah, but, the, but there's how many, how many props are on that? There's oh, just two of them. So okay, two little uh, F pack motors. So okay, but I mean that's that's a. I mean, if it was a single motor, I'd probably be trying to run it on an eight inch or a ten inch prop. But you yeah, no. put
2: it on there if you want.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. Okay, so how now you've got a former right, but. I know when I'm, I've designed a couple of planes that are, I'll call it Master Series style with the box core and the the formers and then kind of wrapping the skin around it. The, the tricky part, and I always do it, like try to get it designed ahead of time. So I just cut once and form it. And if I did it right, it's perfect. But that's <laughs> really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your process of going from, I've got, I'll call it the stick or skeleton of the plane where you have the box and the formers. Um, but you you can't measure the formers to be the full diameter of the plane, right?
0: Because mm, you they think can't go about, all the way
1: out. Yeah, because you have to account for the thickness of the material you're using, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys do? So, so if you're using foam like us, we go about
3: half a centimeter or five millimeters uh, in from the fuselage. You're like inward just to account for the foam board okay. and then if you have the uh, skeleton structure the way I do it is I take uh, half of five millimeter by five millimeter by about 20 inch or like just something just a, is like a long yeah a long strip of a foam board and then what I'll do is I'll wrap it around the former so that way it accounts for the foam uh, skin that's gonna be on the outside okay and then from there what you can do is you could take a piece of paper I usually go for a little bit of a thicker paper, not like just a, oh, a loose leaf right. kind of style, but um, that way it's also more rigid to kind of act like foam board. Okay. And then from there, you can take a flashlight, shine on where the meets up with the former, and then wherever you want the seam to be, you can take a pencil, and mark it. So.
1: Oh. Okay, so you basically okay, so you build have... build the skin with a thin material, but accounting for the thickness of the finished skin material. And then that's you, correct. and then using the shadow technique, I'll call it the shadow technique. You can you can trademark that later, okay? Um, and with that, basically mark exactly what you need, and that way when you're done, because it's still paper, you can flatten it easy. And from there, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you take a picture of it and then bring it back into Illustrator? Usually, well, that's
2: <laughs> Jack, by the way, Jack just too.
1: pointed to his dad and was like, "I don't
2: know, he does." It. <laughs> yeah, usually. Jack, he'll he'll make he'll make that the shape for the form the, the skin that goes over top of it, mm-hmm. and you usually only do half of the plane. You don't do the whole plane. Okay. You know, he'll do one side of the plane, and then we'll take that and we'll cut it out of the tag the tag board or notebook paper. You know that's really thicker. Mm-hmm. And I'll go in. I'll take it to work and I'll scan it in, and okay. I'll draw an illustrator file of that. You know, it's after we make sure that's correct though too. We always sure. we always take. You know, we'll take that, and we'll make it into a full piece and wrap it around, make sure it fits right. And when we find out it's the right shape, then I'll go, I'll scan that, that half guide in, on the scanner at work, and then I'll draw it in Illustrator, and then we'll have it, and I'll just flop it over, and I'll we'll have a skin. Okay. But that's how the skins are usually made for that.
1: It's, it's funny, So the nice I- thing
2: about using uh, the
3: one side, or the one, doing the one side of the piece first, instead of folding it, or enclosing it around both sides of the plane, and then doing it on, or like, taking the pencil and lining it up on both sides, right. is that in case you messed up on the both sides, it's going to be like, if you're looking at the top of the plane, the tail is going to be crooked or leaning to the left or right. If you just do the one side, it makes it so it's perfectly straight no matter what.
1: Yeah, it's going to be perfectly symmetrical, right? And that makes it the alignment easy. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good.
2: And that that sounds like a lot of work, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it's, it's really worth it in the end. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that use that fusion 360 and Mm -hmm. it's a lot lot of people don't have access to that stuff, you know, so they kind of do it. We don't have it. I think Jack has it on his computer, but I don't know. I don't even use it, but But it's like, it's it's a great program, but I, I think, um, a lot of people use that and I, I can always tell who uses it because whenever a plane's being built out of that, everything's like perfect. And it's all like, everything's all like perfectly done. And I think the way Jack does it, it, it really gives a, a really nice feel to it. it. You can tell it's like it just has more curves than a Fusion 360 one does. The Fusion Three Sixty just looks like it's made from a computer. You know, it's it's, it's perfect. Whereas I mm-hmm. think the way Jack does it, it you can tell there are some character flaws that Fusion Three Sixty doesn't get. You mm-hmm. know, and it, it creates a more realistic looking model than the way the Fusion Three Sixty because I think it get the Fusion Three Sixty gives it shortcuts to make it, you know, a certain way to make the computer the computer reads it that way. Whereas the way Jack does it, it's more realistic looking, I think. That's my own personal opinion, but, yeah, you know, that's what I think. <laughs>
3: I'll say I've never actually used Fusion 360 for any designs or anything, but um, I would also say it makes you more versatile. Don't use it, just because then you can kind of... Like, for me, I don't do any of the cockpit... Like, I don't even design a cockpit when I make one, depending on the plane. Right. Just because I know the cockpits are usually the most iconic features of the whole plane, so I try to do that by hand to make sure it's, like, picture-perfect, even though I don't design it and make it perfect, it's just like the visual aspect of making sure it's perfect. Right. Um, right. You, If you could do that by hand, it's so much easier than using a computer, having it not uh, work well. And it's just like, just a little easier in that long run.
0: Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned it, I'm looking a lot of your planes. It looks like, cause I'm going through and clicking through some of them. Now that you said that a lot of your planes, it looks like the cockpits are completely detached. Like they're their own piece that you're putting on afterwards.
2: Yeah, they definitely are. It's almost
0: like
1: they're paper, but just foam board beveled down a lot. So (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, honestly, if you want to make a canopy, it's easy to take that and use a clear acrylic, you know, thin sheet, and then just make make a canopy. And Mm -hmm. you could do one of, you know, everybody's like, I see the the foam board versions, and, and while I like them, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking, especially with the Black Widow, Oh man, that yeah. is getting some acrylic. Oh, I'll tell you what, because <laughs> I mean, half yeah. of that. The whole p- point of that plane is a reconnaissance plane, and it has so many windows. It's it's meant for taking pictures of everything, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I want to. You- I'm looking forward to capturing that with, you know, using acrylic and then kind of maybe taking some of the LEDs. I ended up buying like LEDs with those little uh, fibers. Fiber optics, oh
2: um, yeah, and kind
1: of running a couple of those around and seeing what kind of effect I might be able to get. It'd probably yeah, be cool. minimal. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I hope. It, <laughs> I hope it turns out cool. But but the idea is like have like an internal red lit cockpit sections and stuff like that. So you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see so how it, it goes. Better. You'll have you'll have a re- removable nose, so you can make different ones if they don't work out. That's it. That's even better too. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, okay, so we've got a plane we we've told us roughly how you how you can actually get a skin that's like perfect or pretty darn perfect how how much back and forth does it take Jack to go through that process I mean is it like uh you you put the skin on you drew the line okay you're cool now it'll be perfect no <laughs> it's basically <laughs> I mean
3: luckily for some I mean it's usually like maybe a good piece is like maybe two at the least go back and forth kind of thing but mm-hmm. I mean going off the P61 I probably did the back tail boom at least like six or seven times
1: of actually building the piece and like seeing how it fit yeah you know, leaving overnight so have you, have you thought about like just at some point you say you know what we're just gonna pinch the end we're just gonna pinch it <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the problem is
3: just because I give plans out it's like I try to make it as perfect as possible yeah so it's just like
1: I try not to do that, and I don't do that much at all. But no, and no, your plans are awesome. And, and as a guy who's made a lot of plans of my own nonsense, or you know, balsa conversions or whatever, I'm I'm I try to follow that same philosophy. Like, no, I want it. I want whoever builds it to have it turn out like I like I put together, and it should be effortless. Like they shouldn't have to go through the fitment and the trimming, and the adjustments, and the oh no, and the alignment issues that I had to go through trying to figure it out, like, I want you to yeah. skip all that, man, I want you to go build this and fly it and have a fun time, so it sounds like you guys have a similar philosophy, oh yeah, nice, um, so you said you, you've you looked at Fusion 360, I, I've never been able to figure out how, how in the world they go from 3D model to flattened, plan in an easy I, way like i'm just like what how do you even do that? that like i said we don't have well i don't use
2: fusion 360 so i don't know how they do it either but i know there's something i heard some people in the forum say something about use sheet metal something and it mm-hmm. and it flattens it out for you yeah you know, that's one way to but i don't you do have to ask somebody yeah. who knows how to use that program i don't i'm not
1: sure <laughs> right no. Okay. So you use illustrator. Have you considered a lot of the, I'll call it the rage, um, you know, the Hangar RC, uh, though, you know, uh, Sam over there, he puts together a really great looking, you know, rasterized over on the FT forums. Like they put together really cool, um, almost like custom paint jobs that are, you just print them and get them on the, on the plane and you're good to go. Um, and I know they've been playing around with actually printing directly on the foam board now. Um, I know that's kind of common. Have you considered taking Jack's plans, Steve, and then making almost a skin
2: Well, with all I the mean, rivets
1: and all the, you know, bomb markings and all that kind of yeah. stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an artist, so yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean... Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, everybody has thought about doing that Who who's into detailing like that, but mm-hmm. nobody has the money to do that. So, I mean, you see John Overstreet doing it there, and I'm like, yeah, like he's doing it, but everybody's thought of doing it. We just don't have the money he has. So he's doing it. It looks great. I mean, it looks yeah. incredible.
1: Well, have but- you thought about doing it? I mean, because you guys have a lot. I mean, you print them out on 11 by 17s. Um, yeah. I know some of Rasterized plans are 11 by 17s, and he's got the. <clears throat> I'll call it the visual. It's got the illustration on it. So really, you just have to pull off the paper and put his skin on. And have you considered yeah, doing I, that for some of Jack's planes?
2: We thought about it, but it's like, I just like to paint, you know? I mean, okay. I mean, it, yeah. it's foam board. You know, it's foam board is <laughs> it's a great medium to learn how to fly. It's great. It looks cool when you do a, a master series and that. But how many times do you see... At the flying field, the people flying you know, these planes—they—they they get busted up in mm-hmm. no time. So I'm like, I like to make them look nice, but I'm not going to go into super detail it, It's there's some people yeah. on and the forums that do some incredible stuff, and I'm in awe of it. I mean, like that Tim mm-hmm. Lee—he he does some incredible oh stuff gosh. on there. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, Joe,
1: he's talking about the Aussie, right? Well, he's the Texan who's now an Aussie who's doing that A10. Yeah,
2: that A10 is incredible. And I don't know if you saw the gun he's doing to that. So yeah. That, that is amazing. I mean, Why do incredible. I feel like
1: he came to one of our build nights? He came to two of our build nights. And he he was showing off his gun. That's right, he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. baby powder gun. And oh my That's gosh. Right. Yeah. this is like that is what? so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, market, I love that stuff. I will, I will buy six, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, I love that stuff, and it's like I I like to make it look nice, and after that, like. I want to move on yeah (laughs) you
1: know well yeah it's a a law of diminishing returns at that point as time spent versus joy of seeing that finished model that looks like perfect and you know how fast is it going to bust and then how sad are you going to be when it goes
2: exactly i'm like you know what it's it looks great it's cool and i love it i love when people put that extra effort into it Mm -hmm. but i'm like it's a foam plane and even if you don't you know, in a few years, it's going to be in a dry rot state and, you know, flight and the wing's going to crack off. And you're like, I put all that time and effort into that. And it's, right. <laughs> you know, but so, I love the detail. I love to make things look cool. So I, I love that stuff. But, you yeah. know, there's a level of like what, what how far you want to go with it, you know?
1: Absolutely.
3: Um, luckily for me, I, I just kind of like the f- and foam board product. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like, I mean, I know he likes to paint. So I'm just like, sweet, it looks cool. I mean, the foam board, when it's not painted... Let's you see all the angles and all the pieces itself. Mm-hmm. Let's you get a sense for how it was actually built. That's what I like about it. But
0: right, okay. And you say that's an aspect of what you like about it. But you go into Steve's point about the time involved in diminishing returns. And like you're doing some really good work. I'm, I've looked at some of these pictures and they look great. I'm jealous of your skill. Um, and <laughs> both but are. what like what's keeping you in in foam board because like the the level of building you're doing you could easily move on to balsa do some really amazing stuff and have some great looking planes especially uh Steve with you as the guy that's doing the art and the uh the painting and all like, you could have some amazing looking planes but you're sticking with foam board or at least <laughs> you seem to be continuing for now so what what's keeping you tied to foam board I think
3: I'm trying to find all that I can get out of the phone board and, like all, like, all that's possible with it. Another thing, too, is I only have, like, basically one year left until I go to college and generally will stop for a while
0: kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm
3: more just trying to get the cheapest, fastest, and most scale I can get way possible out of all three of those. So
0: What's the fastest you've been? I think. Can, we, can we ask that? Can we answer that? I don't know. Well, I mean, uh,
2: the Zero was pretty quick. Yeah, the, the
0: Zero was designed
3: for the other guys at RC Roundtable. <laughs> I did the Betty for them, and I was like, you know, I got to probably do the Zero, because Fitz, the guy who asked for it, also likes the Zero. Yeah, I was remember him like, asking, oh, was
1: he's like, you think you could do one of these? <laughs> 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 sorry, yeah. sorry. go ahead. Uh, how, yeah, how fast, How what was the turnaround on that, from let's build that to a uh, flying model in the air?
2: It was probably about, i say, about three weeks, I should say, so... <laughs> Okay. Now that's fast. Yeah, that's fast. Now that that's not normal. That's pretty fast.
1: <laughs> okay, so what, it was also what's, the, what's, the what's,
2: summer, so was, I'm sorry. The,
1: say that the again. P61, Jack. The P sixty one,
2: the P sixty one, that was a that took a long time. So that was probably a few months. I mean, maybe, maybe two, three months. So, okay, but that was not. So was, I mean, that, he also wasn't working on it directly. You know, he he was working on it, like take a week off here,
1: or not, you know, so worked on it like a so hobby. I was saying
3: how uh, the, the zero was in the summer so it was like I had all the time in the world so
1: okay nice so you basically work on it all day and then your dad would get home and you'd be like okay take these and, and let's make these into plans <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you scan these when you get done yeah. to, to work tomorrow yeah
2: I do draw up the plans you know once Jack's done drawing them like I'll take them in and finalize them and I kind of mm-hmm. like I scan in all the skins and I draw those up in illustrator okay so he does the main drawing of it and then I'll go finish it up and, you know, put okay. out the plans and that kind of stuff. So
1: Okay, so you make it look pretty. So you, you get the hats patterns yeah. in and this or that. And then make sure you got the border and the, all the text and all the, the labels. Oh, and yeah. Kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, and, oh, then, and then he'll actually, he'll go over it when I'm done too to make sure it's done right. And he'll add some tweaks that I didn't get to, you know.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Okay. That and then makes- I'll
3: make the webpage online and all the video if I have one. All that kind of stuff, Instagram posts, and yeah, I'm in charge of that stuff. I'd say, but
1: nice.
2: But I take the pictures too. So,
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, and again, beautiful photos. Really, they do a great justice to the mm-hmm. the, the excellent work you Thank guys you. put together.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, uh, and like Joe said, I'm I'm a little every time I'm like I was just getting into the Master Series stuff, and I see you dropping these amazing builds, and I was like, what is that? <laughs> man you guys are killing this is great and it was just one of those things that kept eluding me and i was sitting there going like how in the world are they doing this is it a tool i'm missing is it a process i'm missing because there was a lot <laughs> of ideas i have like like you jack like i'm just looking around going "Ooh, i want to do that plane Ooh, ooh, that plane that looks really good oh can we do you know i've got a flying car sitting over here um, i'm gonna <laughs> tilt this over here like that's it's on its side but this is the one fuse and this is the other fuse and it's <laughs> the wing is here, and it's a flying car. And I'll
0: you may need to try to pick that up, Matthew. We're not getting a real good look at it.
1: So that's the side uh, of the car. That's the tail here. and um'm there's a center pod that's right here that sits me. It's kind of in multiple pieces, but that's pretty neat. And then these this wing basically comes apart. So oh, that's and, cool. And that's care of uh, Joe and his original first design.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much credit I can take for that though.
1: Yeah. You, you showed me that that actually was far sturdier than I thought it was going to be.
0: Um, so, so what, cool. what he's referencing is way back. Uh, I not, when I first got into the hobby, I knocked out D F T Delta as my, okay, I going to quickly build a plane so I can make Matt happy. I built one of the plans he sent with me and then I going to build my plane. Um, which was originally going to be a four-sheet wide uh, airfoil. It was going to be four sheets folded over into an airfoil. That was going to be the wings. It was going to be a glider of some sort. 120
1: inches. Um, Yeah, 120
0: inches is what that was going to cap out at. And Anyway, part of the design, I ended up going with three three sections, and then originally I was going to have where the two outer ones did a uh, square in channel insert so the wings could pull off so that's where he's now incorporated that into some of his builds although i see you did a bit of a squiggle from one wing to the next uh that was yeah that
1: was specifically well one it's part of the scale right if you look at the car plane and go to carplane.com or whatever they have this that's squiggle how as, actually do it yeah that's how they do it and it's also it helps
0: with alignment
1: um and it keeps it from kind of going forward to back it keeps the alignment front and back correct that makes a lot of sense actually <clears throat> and 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 now keep in mind their whole wing method is very different than what i've done you know i'm not doing a fully scale model where you just press a button <laughs> and the wings fold around in a way or whatever they do what <laughs> you can't pull that off i can but <laughs> i don't want to spend that kind of time i think like steve hit perfectly you know it's, it's uh how much return are you getting for for that time spent you know and knowing mm-hmm. me, I'll get it in the air for three seconds and dumb thumb it into the ground and then go, oh, <laughs> there goes those 20 minutes. So now that you've got a plan, you've got a plane, you've got skins that work, you've got a plan set that you're pretty happy with. Do you take that and then build another one and build a build video or something like that? Or what, what do you do with, with it from there? Do you take that original model and just do you test it to see if it'll fly before you get those plans started? Depends on the plane and what happens to it. Mm-hmm. so usually we tell us we make sure it flies before putting on the website or
3: at least like anything like that but um we usually always try to fly it first without paint and then go back and paint it later Mm -hmm. because um obviously we gotta know if it flies first
4: (laughs) so yeah okay so put
1: in all that time right uh that is definitely the step that's been the hardest like i've got this great model i'm happy with it like the car plane like it's turning out to look exactly like a car plane right i don't know if it'll fly How how do you do your best to make sure that this model will will be successful? What what are the steps you guys take?
3: For me, I more just think about every situation or like every possibility that I can. And it's kinda it works as you build one model, you learn from that, you go to the next model, you learn from that. So it's kinda like you get more experience (laughs) as you go. But um for me, I mean I think the biggest thing is CG. Kind of making sure trying to figure out where that's placed. Okay. And I usually, I,
1: there's no definite way to do it. I just kind of guess and hope for the best. Yeah, I so. was, was going to ask you, I mean, do you use online calculators? Do you just go, and eh, this is close. Like, it's about third back-ish. We should be fine. So usually for the
3: Master Series style, for some reason, they're a little more forward than uh, other planes for some reason. So I usually try to favor a little more nose-heavy just to be safe. But, I mean, the diver it was too nose-heavy, so I was, like, super scared and, like, had to... Fly like that, and like I usually actually prefer tail heavy than nose heavy. So I almost crashed that one on the maiden. And it was just so wonky,
0: but okay. It, if if it makes funny. you feel any better, Matt can tell you I prefer tail heavy. Uh, At <laughs> some, some point, right?
2: I was I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you I was laughing because you're talking about this cg calculator or how you're supposed to estimate the cg and there's a way you're supposed to do it and you're supposed to go through the cord here and go over here and do mm-hmm. this and do i'm like laughing i go i go we just kind of hold the plane up and say this seems about right so, <laughs> and then um, and then we fly it and we find out oh it looks like it's a little tail heavy and so let's bring it in and we move the battery up a little bit and like and then we go you know what Flies great right here. That's where the CG is supposed to be. That's how I figured it out, kinda.
1: So look up foamy DM and maidens and watch how awful I am at trying to fly planes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You only have to watch a couple and you can cringe and go, like, either (laughs) I'm choosing planes that are just difficult to fly inherently, but uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't have I don't have a whole lot of luck. Maybe I just assume I've got my CG in the wrong spot. I don't know. Um and that's what I'm and that's usually where I struggle the most. I've got this model that looks great. I've got plans that are reproducible. I'm ready to bring it to the community. And then the the maiden goes awful. You know, something goes wrong. And I'm just like, what in the world? So do you you know, how do you guys recover from such things? Because I imagine that happens on occasion.
2: And what like most of the I mean, every plane that Jack has flown has Blowing pretty good he's crossed <laughs> he's fingers. got his fingers crossed Fing- fingers crossed yeah <laughs> yeah we, we launch it and our fingers are crossed but um we've had some sketchy occasions
3: I will say that but oh, all nice. the, the p47 made it was funny it was super oh. tail heavy uh, we had the baseball like not turf or it was just like the sandy kind of rocks and mm-hmm. everything and um it was just tail heavy doing a circle right over it it was just like at least at a 45 degree angle. And it was just, I landed it luckily right on the grass, right as the the baseball diamond ended. So I was just like, it
2: was (laughs) (laughs) like, all right. But yeah, we, we brought it in and we adjusted the weight and threw back up again and flew better. And then we still seemed a little tail heavy. So we adjusted it again and flew it up and then we got, you know what, right there, that's a good, good spot. And the thing flew great after that.
1: Yeah. Now, now, that's one of the, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just wondering, I said, most of the planes you have are existing, plan, uh, existing planes. They're not concept planes or uh, like Down. the Don Carnage plane, which is purely a cartoon. I mean, it's literally based off a cartoon, not off any, anything there ever was. So, you know, coming up with how is this going to fly is always like that kind of thing is always a pure guess. And I always seem admittedly kind of lean towards those. Um, you know, is, do just, you think that that helps?
2: I was gonna say, just for record, I I love those planes too. I mean, it's like, people, think, people probably think that oh no, we just like scale stuff, you know. I, I love seeing people's creative builds, you know, and they're hmm. awesome. I love seeing those just as much as I see seeing the scale ones.
1: Nice. So, have you guys so have you guys thought about doing one of those crazy like oh my god, who in the world would think this should fly? Let's see if we can make that fly. I don't. Know. <laughs> have you? <laughs> well, I mean,
3: I guess the. Even though it does fly, it's I'm kind of, uh, working on the GB.
1: Oh, and yeah. And it's That's got
3: right a 25-inch wingspan with, a, uh, I think, an 8-inch prop. So
1: Yeah, on a 6-inch fuse. 6-inch <laughs> hammer fuse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you, You've you seen the BG, right? Or, sorry, G, G, GB. I, the GB. Yeah, because BGs, BG's sing. GBs <laughs> do the other thing. Joe, do you know which one we're talking about?
0: No, yeah, I'm looking it up now.
1: Okay. It's a cartoonish-looking oh. plane.
0: It's, yeah, one of those old racer planes. Yeah, okay. it's still here in yeah. Cleveland. For, okay, so for anyone who is like me and didn't know, uh, it's one of the think about the old um the old plane races uh where basically the plane was the motor. It's got these stubby little wings and like the the cockpit sit way back. Cause that's where the end of the motor was, and coming off the top. Of the back of the uh, cockpit glass is rolling up into the rudder, yeah, and then you got your stunty little uh, horizontal stabilizer there. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, the comet's yeah, not a whole not. lot different.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the GB was basically designed with the least of the least of everything
0: in mind,
2: except the engine. So.
0: False wings yeah, how how do we off. go absolutely yeah. nutty fast? That
2: was, that was the thought behind it. They just said, "Let's put a
0: huge engine in there, see what happens." And That's what they did. Just nice. enough wing to get it airborne. Just enough uh, what horizontal, vertical stabilizer to keep it going straight. Yeah, the Jimmy Jimmy Jeez. Doolittle used to fly it here in
3: Cleveland. He called it the scariest plane he's ever flew. <laughs> I think saying something, so
1: yeah, I imagine so, right? <laughs> Uh yeah, as a guy who loves to fly fast and dangerous, yeah. I imagine <laughs> you know coming words like that coming from him is. Um,
2: but, uh, now that plane that we that he's building, like, we've got it built. I'm gonna paint it, and it's one of the rare planes that we're gonna paint before we fly because, I think personally, I think once we launch it, it's gonna crash immediately. But if it doesn't, <laughs> we'll have it painted. But <laughs> I, I want to get pictures of it painted before I fly it. So nice, or Jack would fly. Not mm-hmm. me. I'd say that's probably the closest I've gone to like, not flying
3: or like, I mean I it's it's a real famous airplane, but it's like it's the closest to
1: not real, same sense. So.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I got you.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like, I mean, for example, the GeoBat. Have you ever heard of that plane? No. It's basically like a flying aerobie. No. Um. It, you know the old uh, the old frisbee. The frisbees. Like, alternative, <laughs> you know, because like not quite a frisbee. Uh, it's like that. It's basically like a big circle like that. And it's got a little cockpit in the front and then a couple control surfaces in the back. And then like a, a pusher prop, I think, in the center of the circle At the center is little offset. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the plane. And it's one of those like that doesn't look like it should fly. And, you know, everybody's like, no, it actually flies pretty good. Um, like the yin yang that Terry Dunn put together. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that that kind of deal. You know, I think uh, Dan drew up for him. Those are the kind of planes where I always look at, I'm like, that's, we need more of those. Like, we need oh, yeah. we need great, to man. do that.
2: <laughs> I always love those at, at Flight Fest. Like, I'll be, I love those kind of builds. I'll see those and, like, something really awkward flying. Like, what the heck is it? I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> that's the spirit I love seeing at Flight Fest is seeing everybody just build that kind of crazy stuff. And you're just like, wow, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. one year, the guy yeah. built... um he built a large rubber band model, you know, those old rubber band models. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what year that was. I think it was 2019, but uh, okay. it was so cool. I love that. It looked cool.
1: Yeah, those those are really awesome. I, I know that's not what I guess Flight Test really promotes a whole lot of. I suppose Josh <laughs> Finn, that's his world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they they do have it as part of it, but I don't think a lot of people head that direction. The old stick, stick and a tissue and stick uh, build, um, those stuff. Those are pretty cool. I definitely always look at those going, you know, those are the kind that foam board was like, you can, you can make one of these really quick with foam board yeah. uh, almost as quick as you can make probably the stick and tissue version. <laughs> you know, you just have to wait for the tissue to, to dry out. Um, so I think so. one reason
3: I try to stay away from the kind of like fantasy kind of style it's just because if you're going off of a real plane and a real uh, drawings of it, it kind of mm-hmm. like, at least it challenges me to like design it within, design something strong enough or capable enough within a certain parameters. Yeah. So it's just kind of like yeah. a challenge for each build. So,
1: yeah, know. And that's, I think I do the same thing. Mine is like the challenge is can I really make this fly? <laughs> <laughs> um, because again, like Joe, Joe, you remember, what is it? The aero car? Uh, yeah, it, that the little beetle looking car with a tail and wing kind of slapped on it. Yeah. Or the motor, like <laughs> the prop stuck way out the back yep. of it. Yeah. The very back of it. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those ones. I'm like, I don't think this is going to fly. And it managed to fly. <laughs> like I got it flying and it flew actually really well.
0: Um, the fine fly. Oh, okay. It flew well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it actually did. The, um, uh, the second go around, it got pretty well. So, okay. Um, are there? How do you choose the size of plane you you want to build? And are there RC components you like to go to? Do you try to follow like the Flight Test motor system? Go to because you have them. I mean, tell me more about that. I usually try to stick with the usually the Flight Test C pack and a slash
3: uh, F pack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pack is more for the twin engines, and F pack is more for the single engine minis. But um. That Mm -hmm. gives me about a 10-inch or 9-inch prop for the CPAC and then a 5 or 6-inch prop for the smaller ones. So it's just kind of like from there I go and make sure that in the plans that the plane is the right size
1: for the the engine clearance of the engine. Okay. And it's different for each plane. So you match the original prop disc to the 5-inch disc of whatever motor you're – or 10-inch, whatever you're choosing? No.
3: I usually – the, the real prop is usually a lot bigger. There's a lot more clearance. You don't need as much on a smaller plane. Okay. But, um, cause I mean, the, the GB, if I was going on a six inch prop, it'd only be about half an inch out of the fuselage. So I had to go with an eight inch prop. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it, was, it was interesting.
4: Okay. I mean, well, I was
1: always, I curious because when I size mine, I usually figure out what disc size or what, what prop I'm looking to use. And I size the, three view so the prop on the three view the prop disc on the pr- three view matches whatever diameter i'm looking for from the, the prop i'm going to choose for the rc model and then i work from that i'm always kind of curious how people choose their scales you know So i guess the two other things to note is i mean i try to keep mine in them um, like a general
3: wingspan of like c pack is more like f- 42 to like 50 ish range mm-hmm. and then the a and f pack for the minis is like 22 to 30 ish range. And then twin engines is like 45 to 50. So. Okay. More, more of just making sure it fits in your car. So
1: yeah, no, that's
3: a <laughs> <that's another one. laughs> uh, way to think about the consumer. Good work. Yeah. But I guess one of the other things to know is if you're doing a master series style, like an inline engine and not a radial, you have to be careful of the power pod size. Cause it won't be able to come out of the nose unless you account for that. But that one just depends on each design. So it's just something to think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is something you got to think about unless you're willing to like permanently strap on the firewall and glue it on and just leave it there. Um, If you're looking for um, if you're looking to make it swappable, be cognizant of how big the power pot is when you're putting together pretty much your center box. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. That's a that's a really excellent tip. Um, and then I think last but not least, I noticed most of your plans tend to be in like 11 by 17. Is there a particular reason for that? Is it the easiest for you to work with, to set up, it's, to scale up?
2: It's because, um, at work, I usually just do, um, I have 11 by 17 printer and that's a lot less prints than an eight and a half by, <clears throat> eight and a half by 11. Heck yeah. <laughs> so half that's why I do <laughs> Yeah. But, um, I mean, if I wanted to at work, I could probably print it out full size, but I, I don't like to go to work and printing anything out of that size because that's a lot more expensive and for my yeah. company to do that and i'm like okay
4: <laughs> so yeah. i'll
2: just print out 11 by 17 because it's easier for me to print that way but i mean if on the on the website i i usually put some like a full size plans out there and 11 by 17 and an a3 version or possibly mm-hmm. an a4 version for the european guys you know they all like those sizes yeah um yeah. to make it easier for them to print but uh yeah, a lot of people just, or then I'll do a 20 by 30 version as well, too, sometimes just to, mm-hmm. because that's a size of foam board, you know.
1: It's, and I, I love that because if I print out full scale or a 20 by 30 size, I can literally just spray adhesive to the back, drop it on, and start cutting. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I've got to cut out within a couple hours, you know, ready to start building. I guess I didn't think about it, but we also usually just cut out the
3: pieces of paper first and then tape it to the foam board and then trace it kind of thing just okay. because if we make more than one piece cuz I forgot about the whole spray adhesive.
1: Yeah, no. That and yeah, I that's don't know. funny cuz that's that's just a different way of going about your plan set. And I'm always interested. Yeah, I don't know. So
2: you guys do that. I, it just seems easier for me to just cut them all out first and then I can just I put little pieces of blue tape all around it and then I trace it. And then mm-hmm. you can you can get so much more use out of your foam board rather than just those areas where the pieces are cuz you can adjust it to where you want it to be and can,
1: Have you? Know, so. Have you looked at uh, have you looked at my plan sets? <laughs> no. I, I i utilize every inch of a foam yeah. board sheet i can possibly that's stuff everything mm-hmm. onto i'm like look i'm gonna i've got my 22 by 34 sheet and then i've got the 20 by 30 inch box and that's basically so you can align the edges of the foam board and then i stuff as many darn pieces as i can get oh which yeah it's probably annoys people but my my goal is because my method is I spray adhesive, I drop it on top or I put a couple, you know, tape loops. Before I had the spray adhesive, I would tape loop each piece in a couple spots. And then I would, you know, lay it all down and then i just start cutting. And then when I'm done, you know, I don't have much foam left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we
2: save our scraps a lot. And we just, if you're making a small mini plane, you want to use, you can use all your formers, which aren't going to be seen anywhere. You just, even if it's a piece of junk foam board, you can use it for the inside of your plane. And it doesn't matter, so.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and ultimately that's kind of what started that um, that easy uh, right flyer was I just oh, had yeah. a bunch of leftover pieces. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I could do something with this. So, mm-hmm. Nice. Well, Joe, do you have any further questions uh, for these guys?
0: I mean, without without taking too terribly long, because I know we have a habit of having very long conversations when we're interviewing folks yeah um but uh we we kind of skipped over some of the earlier questions that you had for these guys i did uh because we kind of got into the design section uh real quick well it's worth
1: getting back to them i guess
0: yeah but so just kind of going back is a little more get to know you and get to understand you and you know as people and as you know as hobby guys like we, we know you go to Edgewater periodically, but do you have a, um, do you have a place nearby your place that you actually get to fly that's easier to go to than the hour and a half to Edgewater?
3: I have a five minute uh, drive to a park. That's about it. So.
0: What kind yeah, of park are you flying at?
3: It's, it's a, like a baseball diamond. There's about four baseball fields there. We choose one of them. To fly at. So.
4: Okay.
2: Pretty big field. It's really big you get a lot of room to fly and that's where we made and use of all of our planes
0: <laughs> how many okay, light pulls you, you were referencing earlier yeah
1: uh, how many light yeah. poles
0: have you hit none <laughs> nice yeah had better track record than me yeah,
1: yeah i've <laughs> hit a couple lampposts <laughs> i i hit one with the arrow at like 80 miles an hour
0: it's fantastic yeah. you mm-hmm. almost hit my car <laughs> <laughs> i didn't <laughs>
2: The car is pretty far away from this spot, so you can't be hard. You're pretty bad if you hit
0: the cars here. (laughs) My car (laughs) wasn't exactly close to where we were flying.
1: (laughs) Well, I I was bringing around the final leg and I was making Mm -hmm. uh, the final turn to come across us. And it just happened to be over the parking lot. Anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah, you're you do a ton of building, but is building sort of your primary or do you get to fly regularly? Like how often do you get out to fly? Last time I probably flew was when I was flying the codron once it was
3: painted. But it's like I really probably only fly when I'm maidening or flying with paint. I mean do I like to fly, yeah, but like I think I more more get more enjoyment out of seeing the finished product and building it and seeing once it's done and everything, so
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're definitely more the builder than the fly- than you enjoy building more than you enjoy the flying. Not that you don't enjoy the flying. I think
3: I would probably try to make an acrobatic plane if I want to try and fly something or like really get into it. But mm-hmm. um I think I, I could probably I could spend maybe three or four months building a plane super scale and then fly it once and be fine.
0: So <laughs> So what do you, what happens with those planes that you're you're flying once and then I right, I'm good on to the next one. What what happens to the old ones? Yeah, help well, a guy those... who can't
1: get rid of his planes. Help me help me know a better way. <laughs> Well,
0: I mean, the original
3: Stuka that I flew once at Flight Fest 2018 or 19, I think, but um, no, 18. But um, I mean, it's hanging hanging up above my bed. So,
2: yeah, we have a we have a rack of these planes upstairs in our third floor. We are just put up top there and just sit up there. But <laughs> well, we'll take them out to fly every once in a while. But it, like if you go down to Edgewater, we'll fly them out there too. But and most of the time, you know, we'll just keep them out at home. But take them out every once in a while to fly them. Well, he will. Like, again, I, think I, I don't know if I told you before, but I don't fly. So that's mm-hmm. one of my goals. I'd like to possibly in the future uh, learn how to fly. Well, he can he can buddy box for you.
1: Yeah, we've thought about doing that. Yeah, so. it, it's really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is really incredibly, like, I think if my kids were doing it the traditional way, uh, I don't think they would have ever, they would have had one experience now to be it. But now, like, if they're on the sticks, if there's a buddy box, they're like, "Oh, okay, cool, let's do it." But if it's by themselves, they're like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, so, <laughs> you know."
2: Yeah, we um, we got real flight for Jack for Christmas last year, and I mean, I fly a few planes on there, but I, I'll, it's, more a, it's more of a gift for him, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I crash every one of them every time I do it. I'm like, I just can't. I got to do it more often. Just get my muscle yeah. memory and get that going. It's just I just crash it every time. And I hate to That's... see like all the planes you build and put all the time and effort into it, and then you just take one of them up and just shoo,
4: boom, yeah.
1: just
2: crash. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> so. That's where the simulators really do help ultimately, because yes. you can crash it a ton and learn. Hopefully, uh, yeah. eventually, it does click. Um, and I know Joe and I have talked about actually possibly starting up a like a sim a sim night. You know, pick a couple weekends a month and just say, hey, we're we're both getting on the sim. Come join us. We're going to act Mm -hmm, like a bunch mm -hmm. of idiots in the sim and it would get all of us just out and simming and practicing flying more often. So the crashes happen less, um, which of course means then what do you do with those planes? Apparently you, you have given me no hope, Jack. Um, I will, (laughs) I will continue to retain my racks and racks of planes. (laughs) There's no solution but to keep them.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, continuing with sort of some, uh, some those earlier questions and just Mm -hmm. go through them um so steve you said uh you don't you don't do a ton of flying um jack's primarily a flyer but even given that like what do you have do you two have a favorite maybe it's same or separate memories but a favorite memory flying together you know it could be one of you's got you know each of you have a different favorite memory but you know do you have one that's Yeah, story you you can share with Al together.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: What about you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, think about that for a second.
2: (laughs) I mean, I as a as a parent, you know, I I just love seeing put his passion into it, and then uh, when you when you put so much time and effort into a plane, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, he's okay, Dad, let's go. You know, you get excited to go out there, and he's okay. That moment of when you put get that plane out and you release it. And you just see it fly, and, you know. You see him flying, and it's awesome. So,
4: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: but that's I imagine every time, that's that's a favorite you. memory of mine. Every time you, you he fly, builds a new plane and we fly, that's awesome. And then, you know, so yeah. I just enjoy seeing him put his passion to, out there, and you know, it, it's a good thing. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I imagine huh. there's a lot of pride there for he as a father.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And while he's thinking of that. <laughs> i mean i i remember as a kid with watching my dad fly you know it was i used to love going to the flying field with him you know and i mean i don't know you'd see him put all the time and effort in those balsa planes and you're like oh my gosh you know and then he goes and puts it up and fly and it's so cool seeing that thing fly it's the same thing as a kid watching my dad do it and then um of course you know you the old days you know you're flying those green green bean fields or the cornfields and you're sure enough you're out there you know Picking up your dad's crash plane in the in the cornfield, you know, <laughs> searching for a few hours, like okay, let's let's listen for the servo. let we'll stop. Let's listen, so. and, you know, and if find it, and, I, I know, have operated
0: so. by servo no, noise before myself. I'm <laughs> I'm sure, day. everybody
2: has that memory of flying with their bat, their dad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think probably one of my favorite memories was uh, maidening the
3: the original Stuka for the first time. Uh huh. It's kind of just like the first one cause I, I probably get the same feeling for all maidens and um dad getting photos excited to see all the like, making sure he gets the photos gets the videos all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but um I think the first the first original stuke was just kind of like the first like wait we did this kind of thing so it was just like oh special
1: yeah it's like this is something we can do now yeah. <laughs> I yeah, got this like to the, work
2: the that's kind of what got it all started probably is the, the Stuka in 2018. You know, that's when his passion got, he's like, okay, this is cool. I think I can keep moving on this and do it. So
1: Nice. Well, it's definitely paid off. I know for sure as a community member, looking at what you've been dropping, I've been looking at going like, wow, those are a bunch of planes that need to go on my list. <laughs> <laughs> it's Awesome. Uh, so congratulations on your, your successes on that. It's been awesome. Do you guys have any aviation uh, aspirations? Do you guys uh, like I'm going for my pilot's like private pilot's license? Uh, Do you guys have any? You know, Jack, what are you planning to study in school?
3: I think I want to try and go uh, mechanical engineering. Like Mm -hmm. really, kind of favor aerospace kind of deal. Then um, my uncle told me it'd be better to go that, and then go get a job. Come back if I need my master's. I can get my master's in aerospace. Mm -hmm. But um. I think my my ideal, my ideal dream job would be like to work for Lockheed Martin and like on like the next generation fighter or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. my, my uncle, he works, he was he's working on the engines for the next secret fighter, and he can't tell me anything about it. I'm just like <laughs> nope. I would love to know, but so
0: <laughs> Yeah. How cool is that? You gotta be sitting over there like that is so cool. Oh my yeah. god.
1: <laughs> Look, I, I listen to a, a podcast and and it's not to just, you know, whatever, it's it's aerospace engineering podcast. And this guy is in the He he's a – like he does um, – why can't I think of the name of this stuff? It's a carbon fiber uh, and fiberglass uh, – I can't think of it. Composites. So he works in composites. And he's got all these guys coming in. He had one guy talking about the SR-71 and how they – how the – I can't remember what company it was that was making that – the monocrystalline fin – and how they actually generate a monocrystalline, and then by monocrystalline, it's metal, and the, so when metal cools, it creates crystalline bonds, like little grains in and you can see it when you look at any like, any, galvanized something, you'll see the the grain boundaries. Well, the whole point is those grain boundaries are weaknesses, and then they basically form it, out of like a root crystal, and then they form it into like one no no boundary is in this fin so it's the Ooh. strongest you can possibly get it helps it be heat tolerant et cetera. Et cetera. anyway they were talking about all oh, i'm like oh my god i'm i'm drinking this in like like it's uh <laughs> like it's some sugar water or something like that i imagine when your uncle's telling you about all the things he can't tell you about you're like, yeah. oh, i want to do some of that we wanted to uh
2: try to get him a few beers in him over vacation and talk to him about it but you know that never happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ho- hoping to coerce them into giving leaking some fun secrets for you guys mm-hmm. to enjoy. Nice. Well what about you, Steve? I don't really have many
2: myself. I'm just I just love aviation and you know, I'm I just I've always I mean I like every once in a while I'll go up in a plane with somebody and it's kinda of fun for me and you know yeah. I, I, you know it's good. But I just like I just like the whole aviation community. <clears throat> I like yeah. you know, aviation photography, I like people build planes. I just, I like it all. Just being around planes is fun for me. So.
1: Nice. Cool. Well, good. Uh, Joe, do you have any, I I mean, these were, you guys answered all at least the beginnings of all the questions that I've uh, <laughs> had for you guys since I saw you drop some plans. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, do you have any questions that you You want to have them uh, see if they can answer for us, and otherwise, we go into a lightning round and finish it up.
0: I think that's going to be about it for me. Um, you know, you asked a lot of good questions, I was able to throw some in that I wanted, so yeah, so Um, now that said, given the nature of our lightning round questions, Mm -hmm. um, probably going to have uh, the majority of these aimed at uh, Jack. Jack. So, get ready. Uh, but uh, Steve, keep your ears open because uh, <laughs> I'll probably call your name before at least one of these. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. All right, all right. So real quick, what lightning round is? Is we ask you some questions. They're just going to be kind of as soon as you answer, we're asking the next questions. Intended to be kind of rapid fire. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, some may throw you off base. Some may be real easy for you. Let's just see what we got. All right. Sounds good. Matthew, you want to start us off? Sure. Jack, sit or stand? Sit. Pinch or thumb?
1: Thumb. Uh, Futamba or the T6 Radio Master stuff?
0: T6 a spectrum? Radio Spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. Okay, so your Spectrum flyer? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We, we got to work on how we word that one.
1: Well, what I was thinking is more traditional set transmitter or like the OpenTX it's it's got all the
0: options. All right, let's put let's put a note on that one. Though revisit that. Okay, this is already getting <laughs> right. out of hand.
1: Uh, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh,
0: micro park or giant scale. Park. Scout duck or goblin. Scout.
1: Snow water pavement or tall grass.
0: Tall grass. P thirty eight or P sixty one. P sixty one. Build or fly? Build.
1: tree foam board or waterproof foam board?
0: Waterproof foam board. Steve, three cell or four cell?
2: As for me, um, I like to see the performance of the four cell.
1: I'd like to have you both answer this, but we'll start with you, Steve. Foam or balsa?
2: I, I like foam as of now, but I could see myself going to balsa in the future if I ever fly.
0: All right. How about you, Jack? Boom. Okay. Axes or allies? Allies. Allies. Come on.
1: <laughs> we have we have a handful of listeners who would answer the other way. <laughs> that doesn't mean
2: I don't appreciate those planes. <laughs> it, right. Exactly.
1: No, look, there, there's some amazing ingenuity that went into both sides of the war. Oh, yeah. And appreciating it for what that is 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 what I look at
0: hmm Landing gear or belly land? Belly land. Creamy or chunky.
1: That's Creamy. for both of you. I like chunky. Nice. Nice. I can't believe you, Steve. I know. <laughs> oh, but only one of you can continue on to the second round. That last answer. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> so the lightning round is over.
0: All right. All right. Well awesome. Well, uh so at this point we normally talk about our workbenches for a few minutes. Um and then we can work on wrapping up and getting out of here. Uh Jack, what's uh what's on your workbench right now? I do not think I can say. <laughs> Understandable. Besides the GB. I mean, yeah. Well yeah, the GB is, I guess part of it I'd say, but
3: so the next one should be pretty special
1: though. Okay. Uh, look i never uh i never did ask you do you now that i mean you've been building a lot of your stuff on your own um, i'll call it much like i do do you go back and build some of those simple planes like the the old fogey, for example kind of deal like where you just go back to the roots not
2: really <laughs> okay. i kind of i kind of just like to keep going up i guess but he doesn't mm-hmm. like to rebuild old plans. I even try to ask him to build another one, another plane if something that broke. I'm like, he's like, nah, I don't want to do it. I just, I just want to put my time and effort into building something new. I'm like, but it's a good plane.
1: you know. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Can we
2: just have it around? Like, <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the reason we're building the AT-6 right now is because we, we smashed it at Edgewater you know, the, at the Warbird Weekends. And we're like, you know what? That's a great plane. Let's build another one. And I said, when we do it, yeah. we'll do a build video. So. Yeah, you know, so that's, that's a good thing. I mean, we can actually—it's—it's it's just a great plane, and it's—it's it's a great plane for people to build. And it, it to have a build video for it too will be awesome. So, yeah, that's a it, benefit.
1: Is that your first build video? It'll be the second one after the zero. So. Right, that's right. I did see that. Um, yeah, I—I I tried my hand at that. It is a lot more involved than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still That's working a great flying
2: it. plane, though. That, that thing flies so good.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
2: I, don't, I haven't found one person that was disappointed in, in it when I have to get done building it. They were like, this thing is amazing.
0: Nice. Well, I'll be a little selfish with this next question, then, because I've, I've got a preference when it comes to planes. Uh, Jack, have you tried building a Spitfire, or is a Spitfire remotely on your radar, or is that just too low-key for you? you got to... You gotta put you've already pushed beyond that I
3: mean it's an awesome plane it's just kind of I, I think it's been like overdone or at least like I think just like every designer has what kind of thing so like mm-hmm I and mean, that's the thing I, I try to stay away from those kind of planes just because people have done them that makes mm-hmm. sense so I mean that's fair I mean the Hawker hurricane lesser known but still really awesome and cool I would like to do that one at some point that, that's more
0: my route so Okay. Very nice. That's fair. Okay. All right. Well, Matt, why don't you tell us what's on your workbench, real quick? No, oh, too much. It's too much. Nah, I know, right? Uh,
1: well, I've got the old traditional that keeps showing up on everyone because I keep not coming upstairs to work on stuff. I end up uh, being downstairs when I work on it. So I still have the car plane and the J1000 because they are right here. Um, I have the Dollar Tree foam board sorcerer that is being finished up, and I'm probably just repairing a bunch of this and that so that i have them available
0: all right i'm gonna be dumb for a minute what is the what's the sorcerer
1: uh the sorcerer is that 96 inch or 92 inch glide plane that jesse keeps bringing out to the field not flying
0: oh right you were talking about that earlier yeah i've just not been in discord a whole lot the last little while Uh, that's okay
1: again it's more like you'll you'll see he'll post a picture like hey i went out to the field today and i'll have these pictures of these like three planes they are beautiful they're balsa builds He's been going hog, hog wild on every, um, estate sale you could find. And when he's Mm -hmm. going to pick up his plane, they're all like, no, really like, what do you want for these other ones? You know? And he comes home with like six planes, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do with these, but I'm, I'll do something. And you know, he's got that (laughs) one ready. And every time he goes out, there's these pictures these two that he flies and he's got a video or something. I usually check them out and always sitting in the background is this beautiful giant winged behemoth that's just sort of hanging out. And I'm like, oh, I want to see that fly. Show me that
0: one. And he's like, yeah, it's too windy. I'm not really sure. I'm like, come on. You know what? We're going to have to send Jesse a rough edit of this episode. <laughs> like we've been talking to, him. we're dragging his business into the show. We need to make sure he's okay. It's only
1: about it. the planes he's not flying. <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, I'm I'm, kid, I'm uh, kidding
1: around. Honestly, I love I love Jesse. He and I get together and chat over uh, about the hobby, and about what we're flying and building and thinking about and that kind of stuff like that. Um, and so he he knows I've been I've been ragging him about this. And I told him I said, <laughs> well, what if I make a Dollar Tree foam board version? Would you build that and fly that at least? I mean, at least you don't feel bad if you crash it. And he's like, yeah, maybe. So you know. Okay.
0: <laughs> well. um, Switch over to my workbench for a minute. Uh, now I have the Sea Duck and the fogey, uh that need some repair work. Uh, the fogie needs the tail section uh, kind of reglue. Basically, it just kind of tore one side of the um, of the side of the fuselage in the Appanage area. Uh, so the tail got to wrap around. So I just need to kind of I just need to put some glue there, uh, reinforce a little bit, and then uh, put the uh, I don't want to call it a clevis, but it was the um, push rod connector, basically, mm-hmm. where, where it screws down on it. That The nut came out from the bottom side of that because all the wrenching, nice. so I need to get that reconnected. And then it'll be ready to go. It, it probably needs 30 minutes of work. Hey, and uh, it should be good to go.
1: Jack, do you, do you guys use those? Or do you do like just
0: Z-bends? We just try to do Z-bends. Okay. Fair. Uh, and actually, when I did the C-Duck, um, which is also on a workbench, uh, like I, I thought Josh Bixler was kind of crazy when he was like, okay, just put your Z-Bend down here, and then when you go to hook it up to the server, we're going to roughly measure, and yep, right here is where we're putting this other Z-Bend. <laughs> I thought it was nuts. Uh, but it's actually not that bad. You can get it pretty close that way. Yeah, just go a little long,
1: not a little short.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, because if then if you happen to have Z-bend pliers, you can go in and kind of start a Z-bend mm-hmm. uh, to kind of shrink some of that distance that you that's left it. in there.
1: Uh, I I just um, use needle nose pliers. I I just grab and then I twist a, enough to get it where I need it. Nah, that's true too. It's essentially a Z-bend, but it's a I can get a fatter distance.
0: Mm-hmm. And then um once those two are done, I have got to get back on the seven. Which, Please. who knows, Please. next week I may get time. I didn't really, even mention it to you, Matt. I got tapped for uh, jury duty next week. So oh. uh, What, are I you going to bring uh, all this stuff in to, to, while you're waiting in the room? Who knows? My <laughs> current plan is to have my month work such that that whole week I've got open. Oh, so okay. it might just be that I go in, hey, turns out we don't need you. Okay, well, I plan to have this whole week off anyway. So Nice. All right, cool. Yes. I'll cross guess my fingers I'm doing for planes. you
1: right <laughs>
0: nice all right all right well matt you got anything else for these guys um no i'm as for, for these guys
1: no i want other than to thank you so much for taking your time out tonight and joining us to talk with us about the inner secrets of how you create master series <laughs> planes i mean you guys have been killing it ever since i've seen you put anything on the ft forums every time i see something i'm, I'm looking at it going man i want to build that so mm-hmm. I'm, you know Big hats off to you guys. Um, and, you know, Steve's going low. No, that's all my son. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The, you know, Steve. To to your credit, the pictures you take sell it, um, and make Thanks. Jack's work shine. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks. Good work.
3: Thanks you guys for having us on here. probably could share everything we can.
2: Yeah, absolutely appreciate I, it. I gotta be honest, guys. I I don't think of us as anybody special. I mean, I just think we're just guys that like aviation stuff and you know i think i feel like everybody else can do the same thing we do you know it's just you know we
3: just sort of, i mean <laughs> did it for i don't know. say we did it first because we didn't but like
2: it's just
1: we just you figured out a, a system of, that was working pretty quickly yeah we
2: just we're happy that people love our stuff and i, I love seeing people build our stuff too it's i mean telling jack some of the it's really exciting to build a plane but when you see somebody else build your own plane it's really cool yeah you know yeah, I agree I mean? with
3: you, Steve. Better than building it yourself.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> we met a few kids at uh, Flight Fest that, you know, he showed us a zero that he made. And I'm, like, I'm like, that's awesome, you know, and he, he specialized it, put a, um like, a FPV camera in the front windshield of it, and, I mean, I I thought it was Jack's plane. It looked really good. I thought, but how's, he's got, Jack. I'm like, wait, oh, that that's the zero he built. I mean, it was awesome. But <laughs> I <mean>, just to <laughs> see some people take their time out and make the plane that you built, you know, and it's it's really cool, so I, I thank the community and... You know, for what they do for us, I it's it's awesome when they do build our planes too. I love it. So, I'm just yeah, glad people are liking what we do for them. It just just nice community to hang out with, and you know,
1: I just yeah. love it. Absolutely. Uh, so, where where can people go and find your stuff? Where can they go talk to you and reach out? And especially if they're building a plane, you know, uh, how how can I ask you any questions? But what what can they do to get a hold of you?
3: So you can basically find everything at 13squadron.com. And if you look at there, you can find the YouTube page, the Instagram, the Facebook. But mm-hmm. I'd say if you're looking for questions, the quickest way to probably get a good answer is uh, through Facebook. But then um, there's also like a contact me page in the website, which is like if you need to ask a question, I'll answer it there. And then um, even if you want to request a plane for me to design, I have a section there. But um, you should be able to find everything on 13squadron.com. So. Awesome.
2: Now, just remember, fantastic. just remember that if you make a request for a plane, that doesn't mean it's going to get built. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, we got, got a kid getting ready for college soon, so I don't know how much time we have to do that. But, I mean, no. we're just trying to think of which, which planes are mo- the best ones that people want, you know, and trying to figure out which ones are going to be built. And maybe we will build it, maybe we won't. So, you know.
1: Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you're listening, uh, throw them the ideas you would love the, the top plane you want to see them build. Because if more people suggest a certain plane, I'm sure, Jack, that'll kind of direct you in a direction if you even have time for it. I mean, you know, as opposed to hearing nothing well, it, and going, oh, eh, I think I'll just do this. Um, <laughs> if there's a plane everybody wants to see, then.
0: Allow me to be the old man in the room and I'm sure I'll follow up with your dad, which is it's fun and it's great, but it is a hobby. Your schooling's got to come first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I want to take my old man tag off now. (laughs) It's like, I'm trying to get this
2: build video out. I go, Jack, let's let's do the build video. was Like I can, not I got homework. I got to do that. I'm like, okay,
0: that takes preference. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) That's good. Awesome. Well guys, thanks again for coming on. Um, When Matt reached out to me, like he was super excited to have you guys on. He was just giddy. So thank you. I want people to know about you, you know, if they don't (laughs) already. We're just normal people like
2: everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> just, so
0: are Matt and I, man. You know, we're all doing weird. our thing. Yeah, you know. just so join We just party. like to
2: spread the love, I guess. <laughs> so we were super cool. excited to be on here, so
0: yeah, we're cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank y'all. <laughs> that means something. Right. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for coming out, hanging with us, and spending your time with us. And guys, the guys and gals who are listening, we appreciate y'all tuning in and listening as always. Uh, it means a lot to us that y'all continue to come and listen to us uh, every other week when we release. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can get us uh, at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com, or if you want to reach Matthew, you can get him at Matthew at r- aviationrcnoob.com, or you can reach me at Joe at aviationrcnoob.com. You can always find us on Facebook, although... Uh, don't always get to see those because of how Facebook handles that community tab. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Matthew, you tend to get the alerts better than I do. I do,
1: but, uh, and I've been checking. So if you put something there, I will do my best to see it, but don't, don't be too upset. If I don't, I'm
0: just human. There you go. And, um, yeah, if you haven't and you're interested, feel free to join our discord. Uh, we generally try to include a link to the discord server in, most episodes, if you if you ever want to, and you don't see a link to uh, join the Discord in the episode you're listening to, just go back an episode or two. Every few episodes, we're putting them in there. Um, we talked about the build party, so hopefully, uh, in a, one or two more episodes, we'll be announcing another build party.
1: Uh, absolutely, um, it'll be next episode. We'll we'll launch, uh, We'll announce when our October one is happening.
0: It'll be the P sixty one
2: build video. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt
1: you. Well, no, that's <laughs> no, quite you're all right. good. <clears> that's good. That's fine with me. Uh, I I will probably have it cut out and ready to build. Although I, I don't know if I'll be waiting. That I can wait that long, but um, yeah, I don't mind. That'd be fine with me. I think that'd be a fun build. That we need more than one night. No. So here's what I'd suggest to everybody: is they cut out the booms, and they get them curled. It'll take a whole week, apparently. But yeah. once you have that ready, the rest should go pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Jack's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. It's <that's> about right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks again. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let our listeners move on with their day, and uh, I'll see. we'll see you guys next time.
0: Thank you. All right, guys. Bye.
1: Thanks again. Bye.